All right. One, two, three, check. You're tuned in to the Effective Mindset Podcast. However, today I have something special for you. Namely, I have just done a guest appearance on the Uncommon Conversations Podcast, hosted by Jordan Farmer. You can find Jordan on YouTube. Uh, the name of his channel is Uncommon Ground. I have dropped the link in description so that you can find him and listen to this conversation on his channel, if you will, as well as check out more really interesting conversations he had with other people. Um, and cut the long story short, the podcast we just did is three and a half hours long. And to this date, I think this is the most interesting conversation I had with anyone on air. And uh, he's a great guy. So without further ado, this is episode 19 of the Uncommon Conversations podcast with Jordan Farmer. Here we go. Hello, everyone. My name is Jordan Farmer. This is the Uncommon Conversations podcast, episode 19. Today's guest is actually the host of another podcast called the Effective Mindset podcast. His real name is Mike, and we're going to be talking about all sorts of things, lots of topical stuff, lots of stuff that's in the news right now. Hello. Um, and I think it'll be very interesting for you guys. <clears throat> All right, here he is. So we're going to get into it pretty quick. You just, Mike, you just got to do the request to join in that little camera icon. Yeah. There we go. Comments are going off. <sighs> Hello, Hi, Jordan. Hi, Jordan. Just Mike. Mike's fine. Okay. Um, so how you doing? How's your day going, bro? Uh, living the dream. Uh, <laughs> actually, <laughs> quite, uh, had quite a lot of work um, uh, today going on, you know, uh, with 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 the podcast and everything. Um, but yeah, so far so good. I've been really looking forward to it. So um, we finally get to sit down together and uh, let's let's do it. How are you yeah. doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I'm uh, very excited for this. Right it's now. um it's interesting always whenever I get to talk to another podcaster, huh? Yeah, no, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. I was just uh, trying to adjust the brightness. Uh, I don't know for whatever reason it's a little dark. Uh, but but yeah, go ahead. Okay, yeah, I was just um, <clears throat> I was just saying it's always nice talking to another podcaster, and it's always interesting because um, you you very much had a bunch of things you wanted to talk about. And I really like that, that you, that you had something in mind that not, isn't necessarily always the case. But um, so I appreciated that quite a bit. And uh, in terms of like how I'm doing um, in, in my personal life, I'm pretty solid. Obviously, things are crazy right now in the world. So I'm a little bit, you know, anxious. You know, we're looking at things. We're in a, in a very serious time. Let me adjust this a little bit. We're, we're in a very serious time. So um I have a little bit of low-level anxiety with that kind of stuff, but the only way to solve that I, and my experience has been with work and trying to do something about it to the degree you can and whatever is beyond your reach, just let it go. So that's well, what I'm trying to do. I'd say you're totally on point. Uh, you know, the, the way I see it and slight anxiety or however you put it, you know, that's, that's slightly put. Uh, I've been dealing with lots of anxiety, lots of headaches, you know, lots of, lots of, uh, borderline depression over the past year and a half, you know, and, and, and really the only way uh, 
the only effective way to deal with that um, that I found is to is through trying to work it out. Literally, just rather than trying uh, to sweep it under the rug or whatever, uh, anything like that, it's never going to work. You have to try and break it down into small pieces, and then you have to uh, work it out, you know, as effectively as you can. And if and if it starts with a conversation, and that's how it usually starts, then 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 I think we're at the right right place, right time, right now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I agree with that, one hundred percent. Yeah, it's interesting because like uh, there were there were many people who during the pandemic and over the last 18 months have sort of had depression or had lots of things hit them that were, that were new for them. I was one of those few people who was sort of joking about how my lifestyle didn't change with the pandemic. Cause I've always kept to myself, always been very isolated. Not that I don't like interacting with people. Obviously I can talk and whatever, and I've had friends, but I, I like to be secluded. I like to study and, and, and just absorb a bunch of information. And uh, when I do talk to people, it's with it's usually with a purpose. It's usually with the, uh, you know, with somewhat sort of not not that there's underlying motivations, but like if we're going to talk about our lives, let's actually talk about our lives. Let's not just, you know, fluff it up for the sake of getting through a conversation. Sure. Um, and so that plus lifelong depression plus lifelong anxiety issues meant that by the time the pandemic came around, I was sort of starting my slow pull up out of my psychological issues. So I was sort of on the ascendance as everybody else was getting dragged down. And so I kind of felt like I was in the pandemic, but not in the pandemic, so to speak, um, which is interesting. Um, but yeah, those, those, those tools trying to break things down and piece it together and, and take it in whatever bite-sized bits you can. That's the only way you could do it. You know, for me, it's been marginal, small, microscopic change day after day after day that just adds up over months and months and months. And, you know, a year or two years later, I can look at myself and be like, all right, I've shifted some things up. You know, I actually made some progress. That's kind of how it works for me. So straight up. And and that's, uh, you know, speaking of uh, lifelong depression and anxiety and all that, um, let's just put it this way i've had my first share of struggle personal struggle you know trying to to figure things out trying to find my place in the world and all that you know it's uh we live in a pretty fucked up times uh i'm sorry i, I don't know if i should be swearing you can I, I don't care about cussing on this it's all good cool um so so you know uh, speaking of depression um i have been on my way out of that um for the past three years or so. Uh, my darkest moment in my life was when I was um, 27 years old. I was, uh, that was back in 2018. Um, I have literally hit the rock bottom in my life at the time. Um, I ended up on the street, um, not really having anything going on, you know. Um, I had to start mm-hmm. from the very beginning. Um, so uh, that's when I started working on my anxiety, my depression and all that, you know, uh, uh, taking a different approach, started working on it um, entirely differently than I have been up until that point. Uh, because up until that point, it was pretty much just trying to run away from responsibility, trying to run away from all of the, um, you know, all of the uh, chores and all of that, um, uh, or, or, or trying to postpone it till later, till, you know, till I feel better so that I can figure it out and all that. And um, about that time, 
shortly after that time when I when I got my shit together, you know, when I started getting my shit together, I got literally the most basic job that I could possibly get, uh, just so so that I could put together some money, pay the rent, you know, just just get, get my own place. Um, shortly after that, I discovered Jacko Willink. I'm not sure if you heard mm. of him, but um, he's yeah, yeah, an absolute role model. So this guy, you know, um, thanks to Joe Rogan, um, I was, uh, you know, I found out about Jack when I started listening to him. And this guy has such a hands, you know, hands-on approach. He has such a straightforward approach towards dealing with whatever your responsibilities, uh, which is just get your shit together. Um, and be disciplined as disciplined as you possibly can and, and this is what's helping me um in life you know this is this is pretty much the key factor to my road to my resurrection whatever you want to call it you know my my, my road back on uh back from the from the bottom onto wherever i'm headed um so in my case like i said discipline that's what really really helped me a lot i have heard some haters talking about you know like oh jacko you know his techniques they don't necessarily work for everyone because people would get more depressed if they take take on too much responsibility and all that and i'd say that's just utter bullshit you really have to accept that that would just be another excuse and excuse is the last thing that i'm looking for i'm looking for a solution and uh and and you know so Back to maybe the, the what I wanted to talk about. Um, why I started talking about this is because I also, when when the whole pandemic started, you know, have been on the way up. Okay, so so I've had my darkest moments behind me already. You know, I've I've learned from those experiences. However, uh, as much as I am pretty much a you know, a, I don't I don't know how to put it. I like to spend time on my own a lot. Okay, so that I can do whatever I'm interested in, etc. You know, I'm I'm not I, I am a social person, but I'm not extremely sociable, if you will. So you know, so so that wasn't really that depressing to me, the fact that I couldn't go out and socialize people because I don't really do that a lot anyway. I, I'm way too busy to do that much. Um, so you know, in my case, it, 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 that wasn't the most depressing fact. You know, the most depressing fact was seeing what's going on around the blindness of people the or maybe the, the just you know the blatant ignorance uh of people who like, like literally some some people's perception just blows my fucking mind you know when i think about how could someone interpret what is going on entirely differently you know i, I get it maybe you know some people would call me a conspiracy theorist and all that you know maybe i am going a little bit down the rabbit hole uh of of topics that most people wouldn't want to even touch you know with 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 a 10 foot stick or whatever but i just think that you know you have to face whatever is going on rather than trying to turn away from it and uh, and see whatever the your peers you know whatever the crowd will do because that's 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 the the mentality that got us into where we are right now i think yeah i definitely think yeah i think you're 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 dead on there i think that there there might be a couple of main reasons why that's happening one society sort of runs on trust a little bit especially societies that run well and so it's very difficult for someone to question authority without losing trust in the system wholesale and so there's this sort of like psychological barrier to say like the system has to work like there can't be failings of the system because then everything falls apart right so they don't even want to look down that path 
to some degree. And then I'd also say probably, um, but it's, so it's a mixture of our education system that teaches us to be spoon fed information. So people, including me to some degree are have kind of, I've, been, I've seen myself just sitting around waiting to be spoon fed something when it's my responsibility to go and explore. And again, this is, and this is skills in a process, explore, assess, gather what's valuable sort of digest it turn it into something good and then move forward like that that is a process you have to develop in yourself that doesn't come automatically and emotionally and like your sense of yourself can also influence this your self-esteem so like if you're if you don't consider yourself a math person you're not going to spend 15 minutes trying to figure out a math problem but if your ego tells you you're a math person and you don't figure out the math problem you're going to sit there till you figure it out and I've done, i'm speaking from from my own experience, I considered myself a math person. Uh, so I would, so I would literally just sit there until I could figure out a math problem. I sit there for 15 minutes till somehow, some way it just got to me. I got to the answer, even if I didn't understand it initially, whereas with English and books and mini and writing, mm -hmm. just getting started a little bit on it was just a giant, a giant chore and it's not that it was skills or anything that was really related to why it was such a chore it was that it was my identity and my sense of of my own abilities within that and the lack of confidence that i was operating with and it's not even like confidence in any serious sense it's just like it's writing bro it's just right. writing it doesn't you could just vomit words onto the page and see what happens it doesn't have to be perfect before you execute it the first time you could just start getting the reps in and and bring your game up gradually right like like better to sell like if you have a sales job better to uh make 15 grand selling this year 30 grand selling next year and 45 grand the next year as opposed to take two years to study go into debt and then start making 45 grand a year like you're better off developing the skills of, of building it up and like with social media i've seen the same thing for me where like i'm learning slowly how to organically kind of grow my own social media and so as I sort of once I hit a certain level then it's just it's going to carry its own momentum and and stuff like that so that definitely I know I kind of jumped across things there no, no, but, no, look I, I, I think you, you've actually mentioned pretty good topics here um first things first maths okay um I am absolutely the other way around which is quite funny because for the past six or seven years i used to work as an accountant uh, or let's say you know in accounting on various different levels um either way cut the long story short i figured uh, out as the time went that it wasn't ready for me you know i um i still am doing a little bit of that work every now and then uh just so that i can put some money in my pocket but end of the day this is definitely not something that i want to focus my future on um so so you know, not not a why? very like meaningful job. It doesn't, you know, you're not going home not every day feeling feeling. rewarded by your work, so to speak. It's good That's work. It. It's necessary work, but yeah, definitely not fulfilling. You know, definitely didn't give me that kind of satisfaction. You know, sure it would it would pay better than than other jobs that I've done, and I've done all kinds of work uh, in the past. You know, I've done physical work. I've done some warehouse gigs. I've done. I've, uh, uh, the only things that I haven't done um, are a driver's job or something like that because I don't drive uh, at the moment. Um, but, you know, uh, accounting, why did I get into it? Um, and why am I even talking about it? Um, I got into it because I was tired of physical work. I was like, you know, this isn't really for me. I'm not a very physical person. I like to exercise, but that's 
you know, outside of work, I like to work with, with my head if I can. So there were a few options I've done. I, my, my very first job ever was in sales, um, in telemarketing. So cold calling people, you know, I, I had absolutely zero skill. I was 18 years old. I was, um, I was totally shit at it. So, so, you know, so I, I was like, oh, this is definitely not, um, not the best idea to get back into that. So as I was about 23, 24 years old, I uh, started doing some, you know, basic accounting work, uh, such as processing payments, etc. Um, and I realized one thing that I am quite good with numbers. I am awful with with maths okay so when it comes to like mm -hmm. mathematics in school i was really really bad at that i would always get an e or an f or a, you know a d at the very very best and um when it comes to the accounting work i had to take on a different approach because i was like okay look i am definitely not going to do the physical work for much longer because i don't want to do it i am definitely not going to do sales what else is there and and you know this accounting work seems pretty pre pretty interesting but for someone who is good with languages, for example, English is my second language. I, I uh, started speaking English um, about 10 years ago, you know, like, like really, really badly. Um, still, you know, I still have a long way to go, but I would say I'm getting there. Um, so, you know, so I'm much better with languages than I am with maths. So my approach was to literally try and implement how I learn languages into how I learn mathematics and in the in you know the most effective way I found is literally break it down to the point that a four-year-old would be able to work it out if they only knew the maths you know so 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 do it as simply as I possibly could don't try and confuse myself don't try and make it sound complicated or look complicated because after all what the job is about is trying to translate complicated data into something that anyone um, outside of a finance function would understand um, so, so, so that's pretty much you know the job in a nutshell and uh, in order to do it right I had to start looking at maths as if it wasn't maths as if it was just another problem to solve uh, so how do I solve it how do I figure it out and there's always a way to figure it out if you're only willing to do that um, so yeah, that's what I want to talk about. Uh, that's what I want to say about maths. Um, I yeah. forgot what I, what you were saying. <laughs> I'm no, sorry. No, no, I was just sort of talking about how, um, I was just sort of talking about how like one, if you just work at something like you can get better at it and, uh, yes, your, just... your set, like your views and your confidence of surrounding something affect how easily you can do it. Like if you. Like, like for most people sitting and thinking about a math problem for 15 minutes, like just might sound like, like a giant chore. And I did it willingly because it was fed from my curiosity. Like I found the right way to sort of, to approach it, I guess. And that was because of my own, the narrative I had constructed around, around math and everything in my own identity. But um, I wanted to talk about, um, because you had mentioned that. So where, where are you from originally? What languages do you speak? And, and how did you come to uh, the US? I'm assuming you're in the US. No. Or the UK, I, sorry, UK. Yes, I'm in England. Um, I got here 10 years ago, specifically in May. So yeah, it'd be about 10 years now uh, and, and, and just a little bit. Um, I'm originally from Poland. Um, I've spent most of my life there um, as a kid. Uh, when I was 16, my mom took me to Canary Islands for about 10 months. And I was like, you know, that that's when I first got a little 
hint of what it's like to you know of what it's like to experience different culture um to to what it's like to see happy people out on the streets because poland is a dark place you know as much as it's a beautiful place to be uh sorry to go on holiday or whatever you know it's 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 quite a hard place to be um uh, to live there on a daily basis um for the most part that is it a all, is it a yeah. somber culture so to speak like very That's what I was people are not say. you know people are extremely narrow-minded and, and i am not trying to marginalize or anything like that i'm just saying you know the the overall mentality of a um catholic person okay because that's that's the majority you know of poland is is an hardcore old style old school catholic country okay so so you know um very intolerant towards uh diverse cultures etc quite intolerant towards minorities you know and that includes gay people and all that i was just like i couldn't i couldn't deal with that shit i was like why why should i be de why should i be concerned about someone's sexual preferences if i'm just having a pint with them or you know if i'm if yeah. i'm just if we're just having some uh, conversation or whatever or if i just see that person on the street and and I know a lot of people who would say like, oh, you know what, hey, this guy's this and that. I I'm not supposed to even talk to him because, you know, we don't do that kind of thing. To me, it was just like all, all that petty bullshit. I was like, you know what, I cannot put up with that. I lived in Tenerife for 10 months and it was awesome. You know, people were happy in the streets. Literally, when, when, you, when you go to a grocery store, for example, in, in Poland, um, even though I lived in a major city, I lived in Krakow, which is the second biggest city in Poland, you know, if you go to a grocery store, most of the people, when you look at them, will look at you as if like, what the fuck are you looking at, dude? Where you got a fucking problem? You know, the, the sort of yeah. attitude that-, that Machismo, you, aggression, like, disagreeable, like- yeah. yeah, rather disagreeable and, you know, and, and, and definitely unpleasant. And I was like, why should I be putting up with this shit? Like, I know that there are places out there where you can just get on with your life, do whatever you want to do, you know, you, you can hang out with good people if you if you come across someone who isn't the right person to be around, you know, then, then you just move on and, and, and you know, and continue uh, striving to, to live as well as you can. Whereas in Poland, it's much more of a struggle rather than striving, you know, so, so um, that's what got me to, uh, to, to change environment. So I literally got out of there when I was 20. Um, I moved to England and uh, I was pretty confident that, you know, that my English is really good because I watched some movies with subtitles and I was like, yeah, I can, I can, I can pull it off. I can handle it. Uh, so the hard truth hit me immediately once I got here. Um, uh, I got here first to, over to my mom's, you know, I, I've stayed at her place for about a week or so. I got myself a job. Um, I remember up until now the embarrassing moment when I first got into a recruitment agency and I said, um, I literally walked in and I was like, good morning, I, I, I look work uh hard worker um anything you know and then they were like mm. obviously they all cracked a little joke and, and all that and and um they politely said to me look buddy we'll call you which in other words you know means get the fuck out of here we don't want to deal with you and all that so i was like okay this was so embarrassing and this was so uncomfortable and this was such a horrible experience that i don't want to and, and I know that I will you know moving forward experience it for 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 probably many years to go many years to come right but that is something that I want to experience as little as possible so 
what am I going to do about it? I'm not going to go to college and learn the language or whatever. So I literally got myself a Netflix subscription. I got myself a Spotify subscription or whatever, you know, uh, uh, the music service at the, at the time. And uh, I started watching movies. For example, American movie with, uh, or like English movie, whatever, with, you know, English subtitles so that I could hear both the pronunciation and see the spelling of the word. And that way, if I didn't understand the word, that I would just pause it, Google it up quickly on my phone. Okay, I know what the word means, so I can give or take, put together a sentence and, and try and figure out what, they, what they're on about, you know. Um, hmm. That turned out to be pretty effective because that's how I learned my English for the most part, I would say. Um, uh, people get always confused about the accent. They're like, oh, so, so which part of the States do you come from? Like South Africa and all that. I heard all sorts. And that is mostly due to the fact that I have learned my English watching movies. And most mm. of the movies, you know, most of my favorite movies are, are made in USA. So, uh, so yeah, so, so that's how I got there. Um, and, uh, and yeah, that's it. That's it. That's me in a nutshell, you know. Um, yeah, Poland for 20 years and then, then 10 years happily living here. Um, although my destination point is uh, America. I don't know how long it will take me to get there, but I but I really hope one day I will. Yeah, yeah. The um, yeah, ideally, you know, at some point we'll get our get our stuff together, and everyone that wants to come here can at the right time. The only thing is, uh, the only limitation, and if we got our economic policies in order, it would it would limit it would sort of remove the limitation. But if you have, you know, 10 million jobs and we have 10 million job openings right now. So like now is sort of a good example of this. But if you have 10 million jobs uh, and you have 10, mil 10 million people and you bring in another million, you now have 1 million unemployed people. But as the jobs keep going up every month, we create 200, 300,000 more. Those are families and, and, you know, lives that can be supported through the through that through those means. And what happens is if it goes too fast and you have too many people too quickly, that is, you know, supply and demand, too much supply of labor. So businesses can fire you and hire someone else for cheaper. Or Which you lower your wages and they'll take someone else. But on the opposite side, if you have more jobs and less labor, now businesses have to go to other businesses and, and try to get you to leave that business and come work for them by paying you more. And so that's sort of the two sides of labor scarcity and so if we had labor scarcity the right way and all the other policies fixed which is you know it takes a long time to get through all that i have a 64 minute video on youtube uh, fixing all economic policies across the board and it's it's a lot to get through but it's um it's a it's a thorough piece um we could get up to probably like three four five six million jobs created every year which would mean you know 10 15 million immigrants every year that could come in and be supported and i'm definitely in favor of all freedom loving peoples being brought in because you know you want as resilient and and strong a free united states as possible so it it makes Very sense much. to try to bring the freedom loving people of the world together i wanted to say something about poland it's interesting because poland more than any other country sort of in in europe is both anti-pc in, in some ways, like against sort of the rest of the European sort of, yeah. you know, left wing liberal sort of uh, side of it. Um, and they also experienced Nazi Germany, obviously. So they understand freedom and they also understand sort of the excesses of whatever. But there's a difference between that and having a culture and a philosophy of freedom for your society. 
And that's the difference between sort of the American approach versus many other approaches where like we're Christian in many ways and conservative, but open and loving because it's about freedom and it's about you living your life. And as long as you don't harm anyone else, you know, what is it to me to try to dictate anything about your life? Like you harm, you harm someone, you don't pay your taxes, whatever, you know, then we have issues. But beyond that, you know, what is it? Why should the government be involved in those kinds of things? And more importantly, why should I hate you for any of those things? Why should I be hung up on any of those things? So it's, it's um, anyway, so I'd like to see that kind of culture and philosophy adopted outside of the United States more so than it is. I feel like we attempt to have it as pure as possible and we don't always get it, but there's lots of other countries that just don't take freedom as seriously. I don't know why, but they don't. You know, I, I live in England, like I said, and, and you know, and, and here, England is also very PC. And uh, just to clarify things, you know, I, mm-hmm. I am all about freedom and all that, you know, and I am extremely tolerant. Like I said, I, I you know, I really don't give a shit about your preferences and all that, you know, do do your thing, whatever floats your boat, you know, whatever, whatever makes you happy, do your thing, as long as you don't get in other people's way, uh, then then literally do whatever. Um, however, I am definitely anti-PC, okay? I, I, I'm definitely not on board with all that preposterous, woke bullshit. And I think that's what the US gets wrong. You know, so when I say that I would like to live in the US, I would love to. And since I was a little kid, you know, pretty much everything that I remember from my childhood had something to do with the American culture. Uh, because it was always on TV, because it was always in the books, it was always everywhere, you know? And um, and that was always the, the promised land, you know? That was always the place that, that you wanted to go. And, and I'm not talking about just the, you know, the big cities and all that, because obviously, for example, what's happening in Los Angeles right now is an absolute catastrophe, you know, with Gavin Newsom in charge. Um, I don't even know where to start with that cunt, but, um, but, 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 <laughs> But honestly, the way I see it, um, the U.S. as a country with, you know, with, 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 with all the land, with all the landscape, with everything where you can go, all the places that you can visit, you know, it's a giant, giant continent. It's a giant place. You know, the United States alone are such a, such a monumental place that um, you could really you could really find whatever you're looking for, I think, you know. Um, yeah, Europeans can appreciate this, uh, and you can appreciate this. So um, most people in, in you know, society around me probably wouldn't drive more than an hour to go date someone or to go on a date with someone or anything like that. And obviously, uh, you, know, you know, from England and everything, a 12-hour drive in a straight direction, that's a long distance, right? Sure. Me and my girlfriend were six years into a relationship now. When we started out for the first 14 months, it was a long distance. And so, and this sort of ties into the... How did you pull that off? Well, uh, about 50,000 miles or whatever, 75,000 kilometers on my car is... uh, Yeah, 75,000 kilometers on my car is how I did it. About that. In in the span of 14 months. Um, Every three weeks... so I had a four four days on, three days off schedule. So every three weeks or so, I'd, I'd try to go out there. But anyways, I just wanted to uh, tie it to this broader point. Um, I drive from California to Utah, which is where lots of people that are Mormon or in that Latter-day Saints church uh, live in, in uh, the United States. I'm not a member of that church, but I just so happen to be going there. She just so happened to live there. 
And I drive 12 hours straight on one freeway, 630 miles straight with a little bit of extra, you know, before and after. And uh, that gets you about one sixth of the way across the United States. You know, you could go for 72 to 80 to 90 hours straight in the straight line across. And that's how long it would take you to get get there without any breaks or gas stops or anything like that. So the and the mind. and so and again and and I and I and again so I dated someone. Now we grew up near each other within the within like 30 minutes of each other. So we knew each other from then. So it's not like I, I plucked her out of obscurity twelve hours away, but we had a relationship twelve hours away in the United States because it was all free, open. There's no borders between all the countries. There's no processing. You just drive. You know? Um, awesome. So yeah, yeah, the United States is, is huge, and I want to I want to explore the United States, and I'm here, you know. That's like it. That, That's that is how big about. it is. It's it's literally the size of the European Union plus a little extra. And, and that's what makes it so great. And and really, when you think about why why am I talking about why I would like to live there? Um, obviously, there are pros and cons. And one con that I could think of is the government at the moment. Uh, who's in charge? You know, it's an absolute disaster. Um, everyone, you know, everyone who's got two brain cells that communicate with each other knows that there is an absolute disaster going on right now, and it's and it's not. It's, it's, of the people, it's, it's that, of the people that are paying attention, yes. The problem is yeah, not everybody is paying attention. Sure, um, but you know, so so Biden, you know, Biden and Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris, I don't even, I don't even know what she's doing there because really, I, I, I haven't really seen her much in the media or anything like that. Even though I do follow um, all of them as much as I possibly can, you know, try and see as much what is going on as I possibly can because it. It is not just the U.S. Okay, if it was, if it was, uh, no offense to, for example, Azerbaijan, but if it was the government of Azerbaijan or, or you know, or uh, New Guinea or whatever, uh, I haven't, I don't even know if I pronounced that right. You know, if it's a government of Poland, it doesn't have a global effect. Okay, it doesn't mm -hmm. affect the, the, you know, the global economy, the the politics and all that. But in case of the United States the United States does something and then the world follows, okay? Or let's say the United States implements some policy and then the world, it, it, it does affect the world in one way or another, you know? The world will usually follow with their policies, etc. So that's, that's where we have a little bit of a problem uh, because obviously the, you know, what is going on right now in Afghanistan and what is going on with the politics, you know, in general, with, with all the policies that Biden is implementing, it's uh, it, it is affecting not just the U.S. but also the countries that are you know participants in, in whatever the U.S. has going on. What I think is a good thing, and that that's that that's where I was going with this. You know, the why I would like to live in the U.S. For the most part, it comes down to freedom. In England, you are supposedly free. Okay, they they say you know that 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 you get your freedoms here and all that true but where are the guns and i'm not saying you know i'm not saying that i'm some fucking psychopath who wants to shoot people i'm just saying what if mm -hmm. i want to carry what if i want a concealed carry you know uh firearm so that i can protect myself from criminals okay england has i think the biggest in the world problem with knives with knife crimes you know i i, I don't know if i get it right but i know that knife crimes are a 
giant problem in England. Okay, and I know I personally know two or three people who were robbed at a knife point. I am not exaggerating this. You know, I I I, I used to hang around hang around quite a uh, well. Let's say I, I used to hang around some people that you'd not necessarily want to hang around um, back in my day. So you know, I, I've I've had my fair share of fuck ups. And um, and I used to hang around with hang around people who would often get in trouble. And you know, as much as I, as much as I think, you know, you you have to be quite irresponsible to get yourself in a uh, in a situation where you are being robbed at a knife point. You know, back in the day, that's what I thought that you know only morons get in that kind of situation and and all that. No, it is actually not the case. In here, you can just be coming back from a grocery store or whatever, and some some asshole will run up to you with a knife or with a fucking machete um and and he will just say give me all you got what are you going to do in that case you are going to either run try and run away and this might end really badly or you are going to just give him whatever you got and pray that he's not going to stab you with that knife you know situation would change dramatically if concealed carry was a legal thing in England you know in here you cannot even you cannot even carry a bloody air rifle or anything like that air pistol whatever uh pellet gun you know you, you, you can't even have that so 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 where's the common sense this is what, this is my problem that the government that is taking away your guns the government that has restricted our right that that has taken away our right to defend ourselves in this country is defending itself with firearms with armed guards, okay. When you go to uh, when you go to to London, where um, to Downing Street, where Boris Johnson is, you know, the, our our lovely Prime Minister, that cocksucker. Where when when you go there, that asshole is surrounded, surrounded by guards who are yeah, carrying yeah. automatic rifles, right? Whatever you want to call them, machine guns, MP5s. I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm no expert, you know. The, know the, in uh, Washington D.C. after January 6th, they brought in 24,000, you know, troops with guns and stuff. Troops, but obviously, yeah, we're talking military. You're we're talking, talking about like... England, but yeah, yeah. So yeah, so so you know, so that's exactly my problem. That people that that, that how can you not see the hypocrisy? You know, like how how could how, how could so many people be? How could so many people say that you know this is actually a good thing that that we don't have guns here because uh, because you know if we had guns people would just be recklessly shooting each other. No, this is not Grand Theft Auto. Um, I think the best example of the you know concealed carry or whatever um, you know the right to bear arms actually working is Texas, I think Alabama. You know places where you can carry a gun. And everybody's yeah. polite. Everybody's nice. As far as I know, Austin is one yeah. of the best places to be because everybody's polite. Because, like, how the fuck should I know if this guy that I'm just about to have a you know face off with or whatever, how do I know that he doesn't carry a gun and he's not gonna point it at my head? So everybody's polite. Like, oh hey, hello, okay, okay, I'll get out of your way. You get out of my. Okay, I'll get out. No, no, you first. You go first. And here it's like get out of my way asshole you know and it's like yeah. but 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 you don't think twice and then it turns out that the guy has a knife that's my problem yeah. you know that's my yeah. problem so, that, that. So, so there's like sort of two interesting pieces here because i've been doing some of this research myself lately because i did a a video on the second amendment and gun control and all that a long time ago and um i um was re I uploaded it recently on my YouTube channel and I was sort of re readdressing the topic. I looked up the um, 
So I, first off, I looked up the uh, seven deadliest cities in the United, in the United States, the seven, or sorry, states. So by the 50 states, the mm -hmm. seven deadliest, the seven safest, the seven oh, highest yeah. with gun control, and the seven lowest with gun control. And when I looked, there was no correlation between any of it. Like, like there were high gun control states that were safe. There were low gun control states that were safe. There were mm -hmm. dangerous states that were on both sides of it. So, like, the danger of the society and the gun control were two separate sort of things going on. None of it sort of tied into anything else. But, and this is where you can talk to your fellow UK, uh, you know, England, your fellow Englishmen and uh, fellow UKans or whatever you call them <laughs> out there, uh, is... Um, so about 35,000 people a year are killed by firearms in the in the United States. About 35,000. 35,000. About people. about 2.5 million people are saved from criminals but with guns. That's the That's statistic it. no one knows about. So about 100 times as many people are saved by guns as are endangered by guns or killed by guns. So, but of that, course, so the that's how you is not going to tell you that, right? I'm, yeah. I'm sorry. Well, that, I'm exactly. That's how you control the narrative. If you only ever ask the question, how dangerous are guns? That's a negative perception. If you ask how many lives do guns save? That's a positive thing. What good is it doing versus what bad? And so if you only talk about the bad, you're going to have a bad. So, so that is my going forward going to be my sort of argument. 100 times as many people are saved as are harmed by guns. And so they're a net good, obviously. And like Absolutely. you said, in some cases, you stop crime when you have a gun as a, as a citizen. And um, yeah. Look, does, and gun does, control doesn't seem to do anything. <laughs> absolutely not. It's, it's, it, it, not only it doesn't do anything, it makes the situation worse because a criminal will figure out a way to get a hold of a gun. Okay? He will get into possession of one. And in, in, in that kind of situation, that only makes things much worse, just like with war and drugs and everything else. It's like, I'm, I'm not saying decriminalize fentanyl, because that's, you know, nobody wants that. What I'm saying is, with guns, if you try and implement gun control, whatever, or let's say an absolute ban on guns, okay? Because I, I think this is what they're trying to do in the, in the US right now with gun control, that they're trying to, you know, to do, they're, they're, they still allow people, certain people to, to, to have a gun, whatever, uh, but a vast majority won't be able to get that. Like, for example, in California, I think, you know, that, that, that's probably one of the um, strictest laws. Like, California probably has some of the strictest laws when it comes to, you know, when it comes yeah. to the gun. California, New York, um... I don't know about Illinois. I think Vermont. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how Chicago is doing with that. Um, but I do know. As a city, Chicago's... Chicago is as a as a city. Chicago is one of the one of the top ones for sure for gun control. Yeah. And there. So here's the thing. Like, to, your point, to, to your point. To your point about know, the they're... criminals. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. If you're poor, let's let's say you're going to rob someone. You have a gun or whatever. You're going to rob someone because you're poor, right? Mm -hmm. Well, if you're poor, you don't have food. You don't have somewhere to stay. If you get arrested you get food, you get somewhere to stay. So like your life's even better if you do the illegal thing. So it's not like they're afraid of being in jail. It's not like they're afraid of of doing that. If you're in that kind of a situation where you're willing to you know, have a gun on someone and, and do something like that, for sure you're not gonna care about buying an illegal firearm or whatever. And, and, and to your point, 
you can still get a knife and still try to kill someone, still try to rob them or whatever. So it's not like you're helping save anyone by taking away this right. And in the long run, you know, with Nazi Germany um, being the best example, uh, Australia, what's happening right now in Australia being another example, when they take away the guns to some degree, like that means the government can get away with a lot more before the citizens can actually rise up. Uh, Better example, Cuba. You know, we don't even talk about Cuba anymore because of Afghanistan and all the stuff. But there were protests and, and citizens were getting shot down by the government in Cuba because yes. yeah. they don't have guns. And the people that are protesting in Cuba are the only are just they're only doing that because they're strong enough or, or courageous enough to say, I might die. And it's still worth, you know, libertad. It's still worth, you know, for liberty, it's still worth standing up even against someone who has a gun when you don't. So, um well, so it, it, it makes a difference, man. When that day when that day comes, when the shit hits the fan, having guns when you're a citizen makes a big difference. And 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 you know, I think this is um, also you you made a good point here. It's like you know, with with protests. Okay, people go out on the streets to protest. They, I think, many of them do realize that they might. I'm not talking about Cuba because Cuba is quite extreme. Okay. Uh, what's going on there with, you know, police shooting citizens, that's just fucking preposterous to me. Um, but, th you know, the way I see it, in London, for example, you go out to a protest, um, nobody expects that the police will start beating you up with buttons or whatever, you know, that they will start throwing gas at you or anything like that. It happens, okay? And, and what's, what's happening in Australia is absolutely inexcusable. Uh, in my opinion, you know, the, the, with the tyranny, with the uh, absolute abuse of emergency given authority, because the, 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 you know, the powers that the police were given um, in Australia over the past year and a half are only due to the pandemic, right? So, mm -hmm. obviously, lockdown, yeah, yeah, well, look, you know, it's, I am... Well, I'm it's, never, like, ever... it's like, if you compare, so if you compare the deaths from Delta the new variant compared to the old flu, it's the same. What happened? It's to basically just a bad flu now. And my, then, well, my, so what happened was, is this is just, a, what well, so what happened is this is a new flu. So it outcompeted and outspread the other flus. Where so is, no, it's where still is flu like, deaths like, in where, some where, sense, but, but it's still no gone one, up a little bit. Why is no one, no one on the planet reporting any flu cases whatsoever? As far as I know, Flu has been eradicated. It has been totally obliterated by the, the best, COVID. The best answer to that is because they started getting paid more if they of say it's a COVID sense. case than if it's just a regular flu case. And if it doesn't make a big difference in the end, if this does seem like a regular flu and not exactly COVID-19, you could still get that extra two grand or whatever you get paid. You know, I don't know what the National Health Service in the UK pays in terms of COVID care versus others, but here in the US, the emergency packages and everything they came out with put a bunch of money out there for that stuff. So I know yeah. there is, it's about $2,000 from what I looked at if a, if a hospital reports it as COVID-19 versus other similar diseases. I heard that there were some giant 
discrete like giant differences between you know the the a big difference between what you would get uh, as in like what a hospital would get for a normal admission versus a covid admission and i actually heard about tens of thousands of dollars so uh, like like ten thousand dollars or whatever or 20 um probably not 20 but but it was like um, going upwards of 10. um so even two thousand dollars okay per patient per mm -hmm. one admission Imagine like, you know, imagine what was if going it's on. it's 500,000, that's, you know. Exactly. Um, two two so, million bucks right there. So, so, so there's the, you know, so, so there's one, one answer to what happened with the, with the flu. Obviously, I'm being a little sarcastic because I, I have a pretty good idea of what happened to the flu. Uh, and yeah, uh, yeah. what happened, like, I, I, I don't know how deep, you went down the rabbit hole of the whole PCR and all that, you know, and I... A little bit, not too deep. So but I'm, I know it, I know that the accuracy of the PCR tests aren't very good compared to so, other tests. And there's lots of false positives. For all I know, and the reason why I mentioned it is because the guy who invented the PCR test uh, died of pneumonia, uh, which is quite suspicious in the US, especially. Um, uh, very very shortly prior to the outbreak in in what was it november uh 2019 right yeah the that's that's the so it was so it was sort of january february march where america started waking up to it but yeah late november mid-november 2019 is i think that was so the, 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 the geneticists or virologists that i that i looked into looked at the um the patient zero being around november 2019 of this particular uh this particular ver uh, bug so so there you go so the guy who uh invented it very shortly before the outbreak of the uh whole bug uh he died um under quite mysterious circumstances given that he was very strongly advocating against using the PCR test for uh, detection of any viruses or infections because he said this test is purely not designed for that. And if you and the test is done in the way that uh, again, I'm 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 no rocket scientist. If I start talking science, then I'm gonna sound like a fucking idiot. So, <laughs> so so give me a little break here. But 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 I'm I'm just gonna tell you, you know, from uh, from the top of my head how I remember it. So as far as I remember it, you can tune or whatever, like set amplify whatever the 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 the, the test so that it whatever it detects whatever you're looking for okay whatever you set it to detect if it detects a tiniest particle or let's say like you know like 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 a fraction of what you're looking for that would um uh, the the amount that that is absolutely insignificant let's say you have some one or two flu particles in your lungs that would never ever make you ill because your immune system doesn't even recognize it as a threat it's just those two are just you know flying around there the PCR test spots one of them, and then it starts multiplying that result up until the point where it reaches whatever your target is, where you set it, you know, like, okay, let's set it here. It starts multiplying it till it reaches that point, and then you get a positive result. So yeah. you make whatever you want out of that. It's just, you know... I, yeah, I, so I, the, I think the best, the best, it's not even a metaphor, because this is kind of literally what they're doing. But basically, the way what the difference is is a, a petri dish, 
if you have a petri dish you put something in it and you wait a week it'll grow to a certain yes, size and then yes, you can sir. detect stuff if you wait a week if you wait two weeks or three weeks or a month well then it's grown a whole bunch more then you can detect more of the smaller initial bits so that's kind of my understanding of how they can manipulate the pcr test and how accurate it is or how sensitive it is by just allowing more cycles of this sort of exactly. stuff in order to see if there's anything in there and 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 that's you know that's that's the main issue that i had from the day one with this because i remember very very early it was probably march or april um i'll get there in a second let me just say something so that i can get there so that I, what i'm saying makes a little more sense okay so when i started doing my podcast i was literally pissing out of my ass okay i just started doing it because i was like i'm i'm, I'm just frustrated with the shit that's going on uh it was prior to the pandemic um i wanted to do it for a while um and uh, i was still doing my office you know nine to five job you know on a daily basis i, I just started recording it on my phone i was doing it at home uh just talking to myself like i i was like okay let's let's make it my little self therapy okay like like my little personal shrink sessions with myself so i started doing that then then the you know when the whole situation with COVID started happening uh, in March, you know, when, when they started imposing the first lockdowns and all that, I started looking into it because I was like, okay, this is frustrating. You know, the, the, the fact that there is something going on, I don't understand it. So it pretty much qualifies to, to my podcast. Okay. If, if, it, if it is frustrating to me because I don't understand what's going on, then I'm going to try and break it down to pieces. I'm going to try and analyze it. This is what I, this is what I learned from, uh you know from 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 people smarter than i uh to do in case i'm confused in case i'm stuck in a moment in a situation whatever and i don't know how to deal with it i need to try and work it out from from you know just just break it down to pieces and work it out from the ground up if you will you know uh so i got to the point of analyzing whatever the PCR means. And I have come across that interview where Carrie Mullis, uh, the guy who invented the PCR tests, uh, was talking about it. And it was a few years ago. I don't know if, if the interview was from like 10 years ago or so, whatever. Um, but I know that, that, that it was nothing new. It was nothing fresh. And the guy was already, I think that, that was going back to the, one of the previous vir viruses, uh, the SARS-1 uh, or whatever. Um, maybe Ebola, something. I, I, I totally don't. I, I don't want to butcher it further, but <laughs> but I don't remember which virus it was. I just remember that the guy was saying back then. He said, "This PCR test, it is not designed to detect viruses. Please do not use it for that, because if you will use it for that, then you will get a false result because." the test will show as positive, but it's not going to mean that it is positive because it just spotted something and it just amplified, multiplied it, whatever, you know. Um, and uh, they did it regardless. And, and how is it that the guy disappears off the surface of the planet two months, very, very conveniently, two months prior to the, you know, uh, outbreak? Um, so... Mm -hmm. So all that to me, and again, this is going a little down the conspiracy theory uh, area, but you know, but call me whatever you want. Like this is this this has been bothering me for the past year and a half, and right now, the where we are, you know, the place we're at. I think we have a long way to go. The damage 
has been catastrophic, you know, in terms of what happened to the businesses, small businesses. I have friends who will never recover from that in terms of whatever happened to their businesses. They have to go back to working for somebody else uh, where they had their own self-employment going on and, you know, they were pretty, pretty well off. Uh, all of a sudden, they have to go back and, and, and work at a grocery store. And, you know, and, and obviously, no offense to anyone who works at a grocery store. Um, but I have a friend who... But for those people, it's a step back. It's a giant step back. You know, when, when I know a guy who was a couple of years older than, than I am, and um, he had his own little business going on, um, all of a sudden, he has to go back to working at a grocery store and uh, and they get rid of him two weeks later. And he's like, so shit, so now I don't have any job at all. Now I have to go to a warehouse and whatever. And it's like, you are literally, you know, you, you, you were doing pretty well, but you were still, you know, at an early stage, or let's say whatever, you know, so quite overdrawn, quite in debt, you know, with, with the bank, with the business loan, whatever. Um, but everything was going well, as long as it was going, because you were able to pay your, you know, installments, whatever, you were able to pay for your car, you were able to, to pay your bills, and uh, the money was coming in, and all of a sudden, you have to shut down, uh, because if you don't, they will arrest you. Um, and all of a sudden, all of the orders go, you know, three, 400% down, so you are unable to pay your bills, and all of a sudden, you have to close. Um, and not everyone got the, you know, uh, government's incentive to help and all that. Um, I got pretty fucked over myself when I was uh, w when the whole lockdown started because I was still working for a local government actually as a, as an accountant, and uh, I was a contractor there, so I wasn't self-employed. I was employed by the uh, recruitment agency, whatever that you know that got me the job that they they had a contract with the council for which I was working. Um, but cut the long story short. The day of the outbreak, the council decided that they're going to cut all of us off, all of the contractors, because, you know, we're, we cost them a lot more money than a normal employee would because we only do a, you know, short-term temporary project work, whatever. Um, so they were like, okay, this is a giant expense for us, so let's just cut it totally. So they totally cut us off. And, and from working for a local government where I thought, you know, I'm pretty, I'm, this is pretty solid, you know, this is a pretty stable job. I'm, I'm pretty good. Even though I'm just a contractor, no way on earth that anything could happen, that they would all of a sudden not need me for the job because they need someone to do the job. All of a sudden, it turns out that the people working for the local government, the contractors were the first to go with absolutely zero support. So we had something like furlough scheme here, which is like you would, if you were working for a business uh, for longer than three months at the time of the pandemic, then you would qualify for furlough, which is 80% of what you were making. You would get that paid by the government. So, so you do sacrifice a little bit, but you still get 80% and you stay at home until they figure the shit out, you know, until they, whatever they got to do with the pandemic, until they get you back to work. Until they say it's over. Yeah, till they say it's over, uh, that's a good one. Uh, but yeah, let's say you know, till till um, till they tell you to go back to work, you are paid by the government. You get eighty percent of your wages or your salary, whatever. So so you're pretty good, you know. Um, so I was like, okay, I can live with that. You know, it's it's a little less money, but but I can handle. I can you know manage. I can pay my bills. I, I I'm gonna be all right. All of a sudden, it turned out that the council is not willing to pay for that because the government said, well. 
council is the government, it's the local government, right? So it has the funding. If it is willing to provide that funding for its contractors, then you're all good. But, but if not, then that's down to the council. And the council said, no, 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 we're cutting the costs. This is why we get rid of you. We're not paying you anything. Fuck off, like you're on your own. So, um, so that's when I started, like, that, that's when I started doing a lot more self-employed work. I was like, you know, I, I was left on my own um, with some laughable benefit, whatever they give you here, you know, like unemployment benefit, whatever. Um, so I was like, okay, I have to take matters in my own hands now. I'm not going to do the corporate work anymore. I am definitely not doing that because uh, there is no stability there. So I might as well, you know, if I'm sailing out in the deep waters, I might as well do my own thing, uh, do my podcast, do do whatever I got to do. Uh, but don't go back there, you know. I don't know. I don't know why I started talking about this whole thing, but <laughs> this is where we. No, got. you're good. You're good. You're good. Yeah. Um, you were sort of going off of just a lot of people financially struggling during this whole thing. But, yes, yes. Um, so, yeah. But, so, um, you know, so I had my first share of struggle also. Um, and I have to say, you know, it has been quite challenging. Okay. I wouldn't say necessarily very difficult. I had support of some really good friends and, and all that. So, um, so, so, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm doing all right. Um, I know a lot of people who are doing much worse just because they didn't have an opportunity you know to to uh to do whatever they had to do uh or be because they had to waste their time doing some meaningless fucking job for god knows how long just to survive you know where back before the this whole madness they were doing really really well all of a sudden you know all of a sudden they're 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 stuck in them you know between a rock and a hard place it's like you quit this shit job you are it's, totally uh, Instagram's going to cut out in a few seconds, so we'll have to end it here. Hello, everyone. My name is Jordan Farmer. This is the Uncommon Conversations podcast, part two of episode 19. I know I'm kind of all over the place. Okay, we're back. Cool. So, um, <clears throat> Mike will be back on shortly. <clears throat> there he is. All right, cool. Right. All right. Cool. We're back. All so, right. um, so you were just talking about how you know you as well as lots of other people you've seen you know have struggled during this pandemic. Um, there's a whole philosophy, and uh, another time I'll I'll get deep into the story about how I discovered this. But there's a philosophy called anarcho-syndicalism, which is a fancy way of saying the world operates based off of money, and I think. Uh, People do things for many different reasons, not just money. So to say the entire world just operates for money is, mm -hmm. is missing the point. Parts of the world just operate for money. And I think most of sort of why this whole pandemic has happened, why China is sort of being propped up by international business people, and why uh, many international business people want the United States to sort of be on the downfall is because they can make more money doing it. So in Absolutely. some sense, money is just figuring out how much labor is worth, really. It's not so much figuring out how much stuff yes. is worth, because dirt and all that kind of stuff, it doesn't mean anything. Um, but That's if wages thing. are really low and a bunch of, bunch of people will work for a rich person for less money compared to what they have, 
that rich person has leverage over other human beings and has cheaper you know, human life is cheaper pretty much so um i'm sort of there's sort of two parts of this one an example of why they're just making money with this uh if they cared about vaccinating people and the immunity anywhere in the world they would test people for whether or not they've already had the disease right if you already yes. have immunity yes. why would we give you a vaccine it's a waste of a vaccine unless it's about customers and it's about money they didn't test anyone to see if you already had COVID. They just want you to get it anyways, because it means more money for the businesses playing this whole game in the background. Um, Why is it, well, I'm sorry that I'm going to pause you for just one second, Jordan, but you're really on point here with one thing that I wanted to talk about. Um, but just for a second, what what is it with the uh, booster shots every three or four months now? Like, I don't know if you heard about it, but Fauci, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the, contractor, I, he now wants people to get vaccinated every, what, every three, four, five months, just, just continuous boosters to, you know, uh, for the rest of eternity or whatever. Right? Yeah. I, so I there's, there's, I think there's three explanations and one of them is true or maybe mo multiple of them are true. Uh, one one is the money thing, yeah. obviously. One is exactly. the money thing. They just want to keep selling you and keep going. That That's an obvious one. If the shots are just the shots, if they're really just vaccines, then they're not anything else that they're trying to put into people's bodies. Then um, their theory is that it wears off over time. If it is something other than the vaccines that they're putting into people, my theory is it wears off after time whatever it is that it's doing or whatever it is that it's putting into people's bodies after three, four, five months, we expel it or it, or it, if it's a, a nanobot in nature, then it's, you know, going to die off and lose signal or whatever it may be. Um, and so they need to have those follow-ups. They also have two, it's now daily pills, two pills a day you take to try to prevent COVID beforehand. That's, that's what well, they're, uh, like, um, I, I, I know that Pfizer. Pfizer just came out with that recently. Started talking about how they're working on a two pill a day solution. So it's a, so this it's all hilarious. about feeding this you more and more. And also, also, um, <laughs> there is an idea or a philosophy or sort of a school of evil people that believe that uh, unproductive, meaning poor people, are worthless by definition. This is sort of in in tune with that anarcho syndicalism, where the the only yeah. real value is money, and the way the world works is money. If you're not generating revenue, you're a useless human being in some people's worldview. And uh, on top of that, we have false narratives about overpopulation. We don't have too many people. We just we just not. don't have people doing the right things to take care of themselves. That's a, see, this is the big thing. You know, Humans you know, can take care of many, ourselves. You know, so the only we have too many of procrastinating people. We have too many people yeah. who, who don't do anything, okay? And I'm not talking, look, I'm not talking about like whether someone's a hillbilly or whether someone's upset. I, I don't give a shit. Like, you know, really, like uh, uh, I'm a total meathead. So, you know, I, I'm, I, I don't come from that. You're not, you're not, it's not a class thing you're talking about. It's Absolutely not. Thing. It's about just doing something. Just do something. Do whatever. Do something. And I think this... Um, this is the problem. There's too many people who don't do anything because procrastination is these days a thing. Like, you know, you are being incentivized um, to eat shit, 
like to eat absolute garbage um, in terms of you know like, like we'll get there later. Yeah. Uh, but um, but that, that that's one thing. But another thing is you know like people people aren't really incentivized to be active. And I'm not saying just I'm not, I'm not saying go out there and be a bodybuilder. Uh, I'm I'm nothing of the sort. Okay. I'm 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 just saying. You know, do something like go, go and go and take a walk, whatever. Just do something physical. Move and the action, try and, stay alive. Absolutely, and try and do something meaningful. Like try and do whatever, whatever makes you feel good. Okay, if you, if you feel like drawing, start drawing. If you feel like writing, just try and write something. I'm not saying write a fucking book because that's a hard thing. I've been trying for for quite a few years now and. And uh, <laughs> I don't think it's going as well as I wish it, it did. But, you know, it's just procrastination. There's absolutely not too many people in, out in the world. We, you know, we are, I believe, a some kind of a parasite of this world. When you think of all the animals, we are definitely the worst kind of an animal there is. Uh, when it comes to, you know, all other animals, you know, uh, we, we're the only ones who couldn't, adapt to nature we have to you know we have to adjust everything around us okay that's that's how we you know i, I, I sort of understand where you're coming from but i do oh, think that's a, a dangerous mentality overall but i'll, I'll let you uh sure but, but this is why this is why i'm trying you I'm, I'm i'm trying to be careful with what i'm saying here but what i'm what i'm saying is there's absolutely no argument to support the claim that there's too many people out in the world maybe there are places in the world that are too densely populated that's for sure there are definitely places in the world where people are just living in a beehive okay they're they're just you know way too overcrowded and to me that's that's a little wild too i live in a city right especially now especially because we uh, can build up like we can build vertically so we should never run out of land it shouldn't be Sure. That issue shouldn't sure. be a thing. We could just keep going up, you know? Absolutely shouldn't be a thing. And, and it's not a thing. And it's the whole narrative is just to me. Okay. I, again, this is just a, excuse me. This is just a personal point of view of a, you know, of someone who doesn't know much about anything. I'm just, you know, I, I just have my, um, uh, You're just opinions and all that. So, so, you know, so I'm just going to, I'll just tell you what I know, but what I know is, that the narrative of overpopulation and the narrative of global warming narrative of climate change all of those things are motivated by one thing it all comes down to money if you don't know what things all about then follow the money and you will always find it there it's like the, 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 you know that's 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 the issue that i'm having with this that yeah. there is no overpopulation it's all about the money I feel like people pretty much either are operating for good or for money or they're sick and they're evil. And or so for they're power or for sure. evil, there are, there yeah, for bad and for power. Out there. Yeah, sure. But yeah, but sorry, I, I paused you. You were, you were talking about that. I, I don't know if you remember what you were, um, what you were saying. Um, but yeah, go ahead. I was, I was no, just, no, just I was just, I, yeah, I was, I was just, just Go on. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. So look, I, this is my um, problem here that I was talking at the very beginning about uh, about misinterpreting what you what you hear, okay, whatever, like misinterpreting the information. Um, so it blows my mind that people, some people, look at whatever's going on right now, 
okay they they watch the news whatever it, it also comes down to which channel you're watching I, I i have noticed that that there's definitely a big impact of that if you know if you don't put too much thought into what you're watching then then you can be easily influenced by either rachel maddow or uh, i mean nobody listens to John Hannity's whoever, yeah. yeah this this is the thing so so you know i i, I actually my favorite is definitely Fox News, um, but you also have to take everything with a grain of salt, and you also have to take. I like Fox Business the most. They're like the most balanced to me because they're yes. they're business people. They're not they're not concerned with like like they know what yeah, they know. So the business stuff they yeah. talk about like business, and yeah. then the stuff that isn't business, they're like, "What is going on here?" Like that. <laughs> that's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah. So I like. So 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 that's that's you know so that's that's how i feel um all of that all of those things are propaganda tools uh for certain establishments whatever for certain you know big businesses and all that uh some yeah. someone is always invested in that you know we, you can always yeah. try and um, well it's often in some cases the same people own all of them very much so yes so, um, i do yeah. know that um i do know that that there are quite a few for example, left-wing outlets there that are owned by one person. And that one person is heavily invested with other people who have all of those so-called woke or leftist well, agendas. Like, like Jeff Bezos owns, um, yes. owns the Washington Post and he's he has his own. So it's interesting. So the, I don't, I don't believe, so, so I believe that the media establishment works not, it's not left versus right. It's the establishment versus those who are challenging the establishment. And so left-wingers right now across Europe and across the United States are kind of the, the useful idiots for the establishment because the, the Biden just dangerous. has to say, well, yeah, but well, here's what I mean. Like Biden just has to say, we need to have fair and equitable, inclusive uh programs that don't marginalize anyone and you know he just has to say all that stuff and then do whatever it's he madness. wants it's and madness. a bunch of people are like yes i understand um whereas whereas the right wingers are challenging that are challenging what's happening they're they're like no the government's messing up what's going on so i think because the left wing doesn't challenge the establishment as much as the right wing does right now, right at this moment because it changes um the the powers that be are anti-right but only for that reason it's not that they're actually left because what we're seeing now once trump was out mm -hmm. now they're starting to hold biden accountable talk about the lab leak theory like they're letting yeah. the left wing think about stuff now because they got their guy out and they got or they got the other guy out they got their guy in so now they can kind of get it back to seeming normal Whereas before it was all propaganda nonstop, nonstop, because the establishment was being challenged like more than it ever has been uh, before. Hopefully not more than it will be, but definitely more than it ever was. Like no one has done what Donald Trump did. And like that should show you, that should show me, that should show everyone what the power of one person is, like what one person can do. Look, to me, honestly, I did say it before on my podcast, and 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 um, I will say it as many times as I have to, till um, till till someone finally agrees with me, because so far not many people have. But I honestly think that, and 
uh, let's let's not go too deep uh, down the topic of presidents today, uh, tonight. But I honestly think that Donald Trump has been the best president since Abraham Lincoln. Honestly, you know, like like he has done, if not as much, if not more, at least as much for the United States and for uh, the countries that you know, our allies of the United States. Not a big fan of the word ally these days because it's being abused by the BLM, you know, and, and Antifa and all those lunatics. But um but 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 no that's that's the truth, really. Um Donald Trump has done a lot for the people. Donald Trump yeah. actually is calling the woke out uh, on their bullshit. You know? Yeah. He's he, he, he of all the people, you can count on him that he's definitely gonna say what he, what's on his mind you know he, he will always tell you what's on his mind and he's gonna t say it to the whole fucking world even if he's wrong tweet it, okay <laughs> they're not gonna be they're gonna be like yo mr president hold on a second here and you're like you were saying what and it's you know and the tweet's gone and uh yeah. and then the cnn's got something to talk about and msnbc's got something to talk about you know and the fox news um have a topic to discuss with the president once uh once once they get him on and uh and, and you know, and, and it was straightforward. It was like people had a problem with that because it was like he wa it wasn't presidential. But what the fuck's going on right now? Yep. So here's here's a saying saying presidential is like this saying is professional, or it's like saying an anchor person. Like that is like, fake. Like, no, it wasn't. PC. Like people it need to understand was, that's fake. <laughs> it wasn't fake. Exactly. This is this is the how to, this is the, the sort of problem. Look, I've worked for some big corporations in my back in my day um not for a long time because i could never put up with that shit too much um but i had but i had a few experiences at a few big places where there's this corporate culture okay where you have to you know behave a certain way i, I worked at a place where you had to wear a tie like you, you didn't it, it, there was a dress code you you couldn't just wear a fucking shirt okay and a suit no you had to wear a tie Okay, so so I was like, okay, this is a little fucking crazy because I was just, a, you know, I was just in accounts payable, paying invoices. I was like, okay, but whatever. If that was the thing, maybe they had their, you know, reasons for, for that kind of culture. It just turned out that it was quite old school, you know, the whole management and all. And they were like, they, they all worked there for 30 years or so. And, and it was just, just an old school kind of I got I got to be honest, part of, me, part of me respects and understands. Look, I like, love the uniform. Uh, like the high the, expectations, the, like you look sure. your best, you you kick ass, you look like a million bucks every day. Like I, I can get that. I like like I don't like it. I don't do it. Look at me, I'm t-shirt. You know, this is how I. <laughs> this is how, me, I'm, I'm in short. This is how I do it. So. I'm, I'm I'm really not you know I'm I'm really not not I'm really not about appearance here you know because I, I I I don't give a fuck okay. Um, and I didn't give a fuck back then. I was like, okay, if you want me to wear a suit, fine, I'll wear a suit. I'll get the best I can and I'll I'll, I'll try to look as fuckable as I can. You know, just, just you know, <laughs> try, try, try and do my best. That's funny. Um, that's that's what Bill Burr said. So I stole that from him. I stole it from Bill Burr, people. Um, my favorite comedian. Um, but, but yeah, um, anyway, um, look, I respect the culture, but on the other hand, dress code is one thing. Uh, and if we have a dress code, then what I don't like is a fucking dress down Fridays. Listen, either we, we wear a fucking suit or we don't. Like, don't don't tell me that I can wear jeans on a Friday because what the fuck? Like, it's just ridiculous, okay? So we have a dress code or we don't. That's my personal opinion. I personally say 
try and look your best because you're at work. But if you feel the most comfortable in a fucking T-shirt with Metallica logo on, wear that, dude. Because I really want you to feel as comfortable at work as you possibly can. As possibly as I can accommodate you, as, you know, as comfortably as I can do that, I'm going to do that so that you can focus on getting the job done rather than fucking trying to tie your tie up. Like, give me a break, literally. I don't give a shit about your appearance. I don't give a shit I'm about a, your I'm a, big, I'm a big believer in um, performance being the only metric that matters. That's all I, that's care all, about. all I care about is results. Look, I don't, I don't even have to like you, okay? We have to... <laughs> We can be entirely different in terms of character, okay? We can stand for entirely different things. If you can deliver on the job, if I can see the results, if I can see that we can work together, if I can see that we can have a, you know, a civilized conversation without getting in each other's way, like, okay, I wouldn't probably hang out with you, uh, whatever your name is, you know, if, if, if we were after work, you know. Um, whatever, if, if I met you at the club, it would just be probably, hey, how are you doing? And I would probably go my own way. But that doesn't change the fact that I can see that you can get the job done. So how about you just get the job done? I pay you and everybody's happy or the other way around, right? Like I do the job for you, you pay me, whatever. I think there is always a way to work things out. Be, you know, before you start getting emotional about something before you start getting personal about something like a relationship with someone at work before you do that take a breath and just take a moment take a step back rather than do that rather than get into the emotional mode rather than get into the personal mode just focus on get the fucking job done you're here to get the job done don't waste your time on getting emotional and all that because that will get you in the mode where you will probably not end up making the best decisions. You'll probably end up making the kind of decisions that you will then have to work on fixing and all that, uh, the, the, the consequences of and all that. So, so the way I see it is if you're there to get the job done and, and, and that's all it really is, then just do that. You know, suck it up and do it. just do it. And don't, don't, you know, don't, don't try and get personal about something. Because you will have disagreements with people. People are fucking different. Everybody's different, right? Um, but, you know, either you're there, you know, with all your transparency and you say to people, hey, listen, this is how I feel, you know, this is, you know, like this hurts my feelings, this triggered me and this and all that. Or you just get the job done. You know, and then you go home, and then then at home you can you can you can talk to your cat, do whatever you gotta do. You know, mm -hmm. that's it. Yep. Just efficiency, efficiency. You know. Um, so we we wanted to get into, or uh, I wanted to get into for sure. Once you mentioned it, the fake meat, impossible meat versus real oh, food issue. Yeah. Sure, um, sure. So so what is first off? What is your you know your quick take? Break it down for us. Very quick take on that. Uh, fuck Bill Gates and his impossible fucking burger and uh, Beyond Meat and all that. Um, because Bill Gates is behind all that shit. I don't know if you know that, but he's extremely heavily invested in that. So Bill Gates does own the uh, Beyond Meat impossible burger. Bill Gates also owns the most farmland in the whole of the US. Uh, when we're talking about industrial farmland, I don't know if you know that. Um, but yeah, Bill Gates is officially the owner of the most farmland in the United States of all people. So that should, you know, at least, at least make you think 
for a moment uh -oh. about you know the the whole thing. Yeah. So, so my take on that. It is not proven to be healthy. It is proven to be quite the opposite so far, at least. Um, I hope he gets it right because it is rather unlikely that all of a sudden Bill Gates and people like him will disappear off the surface of the planet, right? So yeah. rather than that, rather than trying to, you know, to, to, to um, fight with the guy, try and figure out a way how to work around it you know let him do his fucking thing let him poison as many people as he wishes with his impossible burger uh you try and convince as many people as you possibly can to go and eat animal-based diet this is my take on that like i i personally try and have been trying to do the carnivore diet for the past year and a half especially since the pandemic um started you know since i um I'm pretty much working from home uh, and 100% of my work is now being done from home where back uh, before the pandemic it was about 20-30%. So now, you know, I, I, I work exclusively from here. Um, so I had more time to to actually start cooking and start eating right rather than, you know, going for, for the usual what I used to feed myself uh, on. What I used to feed myself on. What I used to, what I used to eat. <laughs> Sorry, but I used to eat back in the day, burgers, dominoes, um, fast food, you know, whatever, five guys, hot dogs, whatever, you name it, you know, kebab, um, just fast food every single day. Mm -hmm. um, and I always felt fatigued uh, halfway throughout the day. Uh, literally, I would get up at 6 a.m., 7 a.m., go to work by 9, 10 a.m., you know, um, I'd have my usual pastries whatever some you know some some danish whatever uh with my tea or, or or you know or coffee back in the day um and you know it, it i always about two or three hours later i would i would get this like like i would get really tired i would get really tired for about two or three hours and i could never figure out what is going on and what was really going on is I had sugar crash. Every single day I had a sugar crash for years, you know, and I, and I didn't even know that there was such a thing. And then I would go home. Um, I, I would, at work, I would be up at about probably 70% of what I could do, like 70% of my performance, you know. Um, so, you know, so then, uh, and I never thought about it either. I was like, oh, I could probably be doing better, but I don't know what's going on. Um, then I would go home and I would eat a pizza for dinner or, you know, the best case scenario, sushi or something like that. That, that actually is pretty good for you. But, um, yeah. but you know, but, but, but very rarely I would eat steak or anything like that. Um, or, you know, my usual would be pizza or, 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 or a burger. Um, and... And I never thought about it. But when I started listening to um, Paul Saladino, uh, Dr. Paul Saladino, he's uh, the, a guy who was on Joe Rogan's podcast once. And I recommend that podcast to everyone, literally. Uh, give me just one second. I recommend that podcast to everyone uh, who wants to learn about uh, the carnivore diet. Because I am definitely, like, like you can already tell by now, definitely not a scientist. Um, <laughs> from my own experience, I can tell you one thing. Carnivore diet has done wonders for me, okay? I had always, like I said, I had always been tired halfway throughout the day, okay? There was not a day, 
unless I haven't eaten anything in the morning, like I haven't eaten any of those fucking poisonous pastries or anything like that, or a donut. You know, Krispy Kreme was literally two minutes away from my office. So the two or three times a week I would go and I would get like two or three uh, peanut butter Krispy Kremes. Uh, like with the Reese's peanut butter and, um, and I, I like the most amazing thing in, on the planet, you know, and always makes you feel like shit later. <laughs> uh, so, so, you know, so, so I stopped all of that nonsense. Okay. I was like the Paul Saladino said that on Joe Rogan's podcast. He said, cut off all that bullshit, cut off all the refined sugar, all the sugar, all of the carbs. So all the pasta, all of the white bread, uh, even the whole grain bread, whatever, all of that, all of the grains, cut all that shit out. What to eat? Like, okay, there are, there are some hardcore carnivore uh, people who only eat red meat, you know, and, and that's it. Red meat uh, and red meat and red meat and that's it. Okay. I say you don't have to go that extreme, but I would say eat as much meat as possible. You can eat different animals. You don't have to eat just beef, you know, or, or lamb, whatever. You can eat uh, poultry. You can eat pork, whatever. But but my preference, like my my favorite thing is red meat. So that's what I've been eating for the past year and a half. And I don't have to eat as much. I eat about half, maybe two-thirds of what I used to eat. Um, in terms of calories, I rarely go over 2,000 a day. And I definitely have been feeling much, much better in terms of like energy. You know, I, I, I can eat one meal. I, I do intermittent fasting as much as I possibly can, not too much, but, um, but I do usually anywhere between 5 a.m. when I wake up or 6 a.m. when I wake up till about 3, 4 p.m. Let's say around 4 p.m. I will eat my first um my first uh, meal um, and I would just eat red meat for example I would eat a steak like like a big steak you know so that I can make up for all these hours that I've been torturing myself not eating um, then all of a sudden the intermittent fasting few months in is literally no struggle I, I, I don't get the cravings in the morning to eat anything you know and if I do get the cravings then I'm gonna eat meat and mm -hmm. And and that's really that's 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 what I have to say about the impossible burger. No impossible burger, no vegan diet, no tofu, no nothing like that will ever make you feel as good as a ribeye. Okay, or or I don't know, like short ribs or like like you, you don't have to spend a fortune. This is another thing that people think like, oh you know, eating a steak every day, you must be so fucking like you, you, you like no you don't have to spend a lot of money to eat really healthy and it doesn't have yeah. to be a chore that you have to be looking forward to some cheat days this is another thing that this guy was just saying on his instagram very recently i think yesterday uh paul saladino um recorded an, a video on instagram where he uh talked about cheat days how how he's not a fan of those and i personally cheat a lot on my diet because every now and then I would still call five guys, you know, or, or, or get something like that because I just love it. Uh, and, and I only weigh 65 kilos. So it's like 143 pounds or whatever. So, so, so yeah. not a lot. So, you know, is that your, um, so what is your, what has your body weight been throughout your life as an, as an adult? What have you sort of gone up and down through? 
So the most that's pretty way, lean, one forty three or, or yeah. What'd you say? Yeah, was sixty five kilos. Sixty five kilos. Yeah. So so let's say, and I'm gonna say it in kilos because I I, I just don't know in pounds like otherwise. Um, yeah, it's uh, a two point two. One 2. just 2. multiply by two point two. Okay, so I got my hold on. We got my. Let me just put this here for a second. So I'm gonna tell you two point two. So I used to weigh anywhere between. 132 and 150 okay 148 okay. so 130 to 148 mm -hmm. so um so yeah so so not a lot uh but the so that, case, but like still the, that's like a well you got to understand that's like a 15 that's like a 15 percent body weight spread so i i weigh about 295 pounds right now so the equivalent for me is about 45, 50 pounds. So, so it might okay. not sound a lot, like a lot, you know, in general, but that's just because you're, you know, your lower percentage is lower weight. But for me, that would be, you know, 40 pounds, 45 pounds. So that's a big, a big spread, you know. Quite, yeah. And, um, and, 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 you know, and the thing is, in, in my case, um, I, I just wasn't taking care of myself. So I started working out about like I, I was working out when I was about 16 because uh, I lived in Tenerife and, and you know there were girls on the beach and all that so I was like I am definitely working out but you know I literally I looked better when I was 17 than I looked throughout my 20s up until about 28 years old when I started working out about two years ago so about two years ago I started working out same I, with I, me so, so 16 I, I, 17 was my peak <laughs> but you see, I always looked, I always looked absolutely laughable uh, throughout my twenties uh, because I literally looked like a, like a teenager. Okay, like I had not too much of a muscle, like very little muscle actually, and I had just a tiny little belly always. Um, so 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 that was always quite like like embarrassing to me. Um, but I never really, I, I never really did anything about it. You know, I had I had no chest, whatever, whatsoever. I, you know, it, it, I just looked funny. Um, about two years ago, uh, <laughs> about two years ago, I started working out and I started eating healthier. And about a year and a half ago, I started eating mostly meat. And now I have about, I don't know, nine, 10% body fat. Uh, the last time I checked, I had like 9% um, uh, on, on one of those machines. I don't know how accurate that is, but you know, it just tells me that I'm, uh, you know, that, that, that it's not is that it, bad. Is it one of those things where you, like, do the pinching? Uh, no, it's just one or of those it where you go into it. It's one of those things that you just stand on it, and it's supposed to do some scanning or whatever, and it's supposed to tell you. Oh, okay. So that's those, I'm like, those I'm are really pretty accurate. The science on that. Those are pretty they used to do. They used to do it where they'd grab you and they'd, like, pinch, and okay. then depending on how much was there, that would kind of have that, that. And those, that's, that's so inaccurate and crazy. So, yeah, the, so, yours yeah, is pretty but, accurate. Yeah, look, um, I feel much better, okay? I feel much better. I look much better because I look actually, I, I now look, um, I think, more like a man than, 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 than like a teenager. So, so that, you know, that, that is definitely um, uh, a lot better for my self-esteem. Um, uh, I've always been lacking that quite a lot when, when I was younger, you know. I, I, I never really uh, had confidence or anything like that. Um, those you know those really key things that, that you need in order to socialize with people properly you know to interact with people um 
and uh, having always having always wanted to um, do something in entertainment, such as podcasts or something like that, I knew that I had to do something about it. So how do you build your confidence? First things first, I think you need to obviously face your demons, whatever is, you know, whatever, whatever you're struggling with. I had some struggles myself. Um, so work on that. And second of all, uh, try and try and do something about those things that you know that you have a problem with so not necessarily i'm I, i'm talking like demons i'm talking about addictions for example you know i i i had like i was always quite prone to um all sorts of substances when it comes to partying you know um and uh and right now um i am staying as far from it as i possibly can uh because i knew that that was literally one of those things that i had to give up uh, on and uh, and I knew that it wasn't doing me any good and it was just like one of those things like listen this isn't doing me any good I'm fucking quitting it right now and I'm not going back to it that's I'm done you know and uh, so so no regrets there you know and no regrets that I've done it either I, I have some you know experiences and um, I've learned my lesson that's that's literally all it is there was no point you know uh, uh, going through it all the time mm -hmm. <clears throat> you gotta move on but second yep. thing is working on those, you know, on those personal problems that, you know, that, that everyone has. So in some people's cases, uh, confidence, in some people's cases, self-esteem, in some people's cases, depression or whatever, you know, like, like people are dealing with all sorts of horrible things. Some people have um, a hard time speaking. Some people have a hard time showing up. Some people have a hard time staying organized. We all, we all have our struggles yeah. for sure. So, so in my case, it was, um, definitely about how I looked uh, when I looked at myself in the mirror. I was, I was like, dude, this is not good. You know, you have to fucking do something about it and you have to do something about it real quick. I, just, uh, I can just imagine like, you sitting there and just being like, this is not good. <laughs> no, I, I, that's literally what it was, you know, and, and, I, and I smoke a lot of weed. So, so I get like really paranoid at times. Uh, and, and that's what, that's what <laughs> happened. You know, I, I, I was like, I, I got really freaked out. I was like, no, this is, this isn't me. This isn't supposed to be me. This is me right now, but this isn't supposed to be me. This is not how I, you know, I'm imagining myself at this age. So I'm making a move. I'm, I'm, I'm doing something. So, so I started working out and I started working out just at home. You know, I got myself a kettlebell and uh, I got some supplements, like some really good supplements. And, um, and I just started investing time in it, you know, knowing that I have no excuse to not do that. Um, especially that, you know, we got a pandemic, whatever, you know, I'm not working. I, I got all the time in the world to do my thing. So, I've decided to make working out and you know doing my podcast and writing my thing so that's what I've been doing and this and there's no excuse not to do that you know I I don't have to see the the best results but I have to be doing it consistently and as long as I do it consistently then it's going to work you know and 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 the same goes for diet the same goes for that you cannot fuck around with that you have to if you decide to do something you have to commit to it and that's, you know, when you really think about it, all of that comes down to discipline. And that's one thing that I learned from Jacko Willing. So shout out, Jacko, if you yeah. by any chance ever listen to this. Um, thanks for changing my life, dude. Because uh, without discipline, you know, my life was, was an absolute disaster for a very, very long time. Um, 
now you know it's an entirely different thing just because i have discipline and you know and thanks to that i can work on other things um which step by step slowly you know are are, are improving how i overly feel about myself and uh and and you know if you don't have discipline in your life if you uh, how, how are you going to stick to your carnivore diet how are you going to stick to um, doing whatever you want to do. How are you gonna How are you gonna stick to exercising or working on your issues? You know, whatever your issues are, there is not a no chance in the world that you are ever gonna do that if you have no discipline. So, really, to start doing anything, you have to work on that. And and how difficult is it? It's really not that difficult. You know, it's really not that difficult to get out of bed in the morning and and just say, listen, I am I am not sleeping in. I'm getting up. I'm, uh, you know, I'm getting up right now and I'm going to do it. Whatever it is I got to do, I'm going to do it. It's interesting because, yeah, it's um, it all of the actual work, like uh, if you need to better your life and go get a job, actually filling out the application, actually turning it in and doing all that stuff. It's relatively simple stuff, but mentally and whatever, for whatever reasons, people have hangups and have things that they that are keeping them from just pulling the trigger and you. You have to work on pulling the trigger. And uh, I like that you, you know, you talk so much about the carnivore diet and it, it, how important it uh, is and everything. It changed um, my life. It absolutely yeah. changed my life, dude. I, I, I recommend it to everyone. And look, sorry, one, one thing that I really forgot about. Um, prepare for um, some movements, uh, like, like some serious movement and, you know, and whatever your system. Um, if you go for the carnivore diet, you better work from home. That's what I'm saying, okay? Or you better... For sure, your, your toilet is gonna be your best friend. Yeah. That's it, and, uh, and and it's quite serious. Like, I had a, I had a really, really, really bad diarrhea for like uh, two weeks before uh, mm -hmm. my body actually was like, okay, dude, um, I think we're good now. Like, I, I know that this is the way it's gonna go from now. And I'm not saying just- I wonder how much of that is the bad germs and stuff dying off and causing issues definitely as they die that. off. It is definitely that. And it's definitely, it's like, I would say that this is probably a withdrawal from the shit diet, you know, from, from eating carbs, eating refined sugar. I don't eat any sugar right now, uh, except for this Red Bull that I'm drinking. See, I'm, I am a hypocrite, uh, but- um. But like I said, I do cheat on my diet as, you know, a, a little bit. But but I don't go for any white sugar, if you know what I mean. Like Consistent, I don't, I don't consistent. Like, I, I like this. This is kind of how I say it. Try to get a B in life. 80%, you're hitting it. That's good enough. That's don't that's beat it, yourself that's up. That's, yeah, it's so, very so different. I got 70% because seven yeah. is my favorite number. So, so, so you know, I same, same idea. I, you know, you can't. You can't yeah. say I didn't hit a hundred percent, so I'm worthless. You got to say I got sixty percent, I got fifty, you know. And and That's you want to be and the thing is, you want to you want it's like a stock. It's not about having a great day and you're great, and then having a low day and whatever. It's about getting the trend as it's going over time yeah. and, and and getting it going the right direction, you know. So and you know and and when it comes to this diet, right? Um, I'm not saying eat only red meat. Or, or anything like that. Eat, look, eat meat. That's what I'm saying. And eat, try and eat as good quality uh, meat as you possibly can. Um, 
because there's lots of industrial meat out there that is, you know, just stuffed with hormones and uh, and antibiotics Dude, and all sorts of shit. I got some um, grass-fed milk recently. Um, just, just we we've been on oat milk, oat like from oats, oat milk for a while. That's pretty good too. But um, me and my girl, we got some grass-fed milk, and it's just so much tastier. So, so much it tastes so right? much better, man. It's crazy. So much better. And it's like you look, I, I, I got a I got like a thirty-six day aged ribeye from Tesco, okay, that was awful. And I got a twenty-one day aged, just a normal basic ribeye from 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 a from another grocery store that actually has really good quality meat and the steak was outstanding and it was half the price. Okay. Like I said, I, I am always about quality over quantity. I say um, in, in every single case of every single thing in life, okay? Go for quality. Don't go for quantity. Don't, don't be a greedy bastard. Um, you, can do, you can do better than that. Um, although, uh, you know, again, I'm, I'm a little bit of a hypocrite because I, I, I do that so much. But, but try and do that as much as possible, you know? And, 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 and don't beat yourself up if you don't deliver 100% just try and do your best and then the following day try and do better and that's it um, but you know but try and eat as good meat as good you know quality of meat as you possibly can but also eat some mushrooms eat some some greens every now and then okay some broccoli I don't know eat avocados because they're good for your brain very good for your brain and they're you know they're, they're actually a fruit um, and you know to a contrary to to uh what a lot of people think because uh, i heard from even from my mom that avocado is a vegetable it's not <laughs> i don't think it is that's um, cool though that's cool it, i didn't know i didn't i never really thought about it but that makes sense it'd be more of a fruit than a than a vegetable the way it grows and you know it's and, probably and, the way it grows just like tomatoes <laughs> yeah it's like it's it's quite 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 mind-blowing huh um but um yeah. but yeah they're very good for you uh, so eat avocados and um and bananas and, and 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 meat and eat fish i heard that there's a lot of dodgy stuff about fish these days because of the pollution you know because of how how poisoned the the waters are uh and obviously we're, we're and, not and doing... farming 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 fish is is yeah not, not done well it's not done well at all it could be done well there are ways to to do it but they'd rather they'd rather get a bunch of fat unhealthy fish and dye and color them the right color to make it look like it's the right thing than just give you a healthy fish in the first place so that's so wrong that's just as wrong as the fucking artificial meat like that 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 really that is that is and fat, real quick protein and fat is so important like protein Very. Uh, overall protein consumption as you're a kid when you're growing up that affects your brain development and literally what our brain yes. is made out yes. of is fat or like the actual like uh, yeah. cells yeah. and the way it's all tied together. It's actually fat. It's not amino acids binding together to create proteins. It's not um, glucose and other sugars binding together to become carbohydrates, but it's actually like fatty Most tissue fat, in yes. the brain that's like all. Whoosh. So it's um, and, so healthy fat. So healthy fat, healthy protein, like you said, quality over quantity it makes such a big difference um Absolutely. i i've been in a weird position because i've been overweight most of my life and 
somewhere when I was really young, I was healthy and had a great diet and everything like up until about age eight. And then everything kind of went to shit. But uh, I got introduced to McDonald's and, and uh, ice cream sandwiches and all this kind of stuff. Tell me about um, it. But uh, um, I've sort of I've always had the mentality that like. Um, I'm not afraid to say I'm fat because it's just it is what it is and I'm choosing like I'm honest with myself I'm not gonna put in the work I'm not gonna put in the work to change it so I'm just gonna say it is what it is and I I'm I'm living this is how I'm living this is how I'm choosing to be and I'm okay with that so like like you you know at first I thought it was a cigarette I didn't know what it was that you were smoking but people smoke cigarettes people have you know all sorts of bad healthy you know, choices. Skydiving isn't very great for your health when you think about when it goes wrong, you know? So, um, so so, so this, this sort of, so it's an important thing for sure, but I, I don't even know what my point was with this necessarily, but I just, uh, you you were talking about, you were, you were, you were talking about that, that, you know, that, that you've been overweight most of your life, right? Yeah. Yeah. I've oh, been, you know, I just wanted to say, like, I'm like now I'm much more focused on it and I kind of want to get things dialed in. But I've understood the truth of all of this for a pretty long time. Uh, Elliot Hulse, I don't know if you know who Elliot Hulse is. He's uh, big on the Internet. He's he's he um, he used to be just be a strength and conditioning coach that was like a philosopher, too. And then it grew into now he's sort of a a leader of a, of a whole network of young men trying to be um, men in the realest sense of the word. So he's, he's somewhat worth checking how out. How do you spell his second name? Do you know how to spell his, uh, his second name? Oh, uh, Hulse, H-U-L-S-E. Okay. Uh, I haven't heard about him, but I will definitely look him up after, after we're done. Um, yeah, so, he, yeah so he was... So I studied, started studying him and his worldview and his and sort of learning from him um, 12 years ago or so. And he knew, so not just, so like, here's, here's the thing. Carnivore diet is really good for, for white people and for people that are, whose ancestors are more so closer to the equator. They ate a lot more grains and a lot more of the, the food that grows in that region, a lot more fish, less red meat. So there's like, there's certain, and so that, the whole school of thought behind that sort of thinking is called metabolic typing. And so if you've noticed, I've noticed most Mm -hmm. of the people that are big in the carnivore world are as white as hell. (laughs) Like it's it's mostly just a bunch of white people. And so I think that's an overlap between metabolic typing and, and uh, that sort of wave of carnivore dieting. Cause there are lots of people that, um, are better off, uh, better off with more of a carb based and fruits and grains based diet. Um, you know, George St. Pierre, the MMA fighter, yes. his coach for Sahabi, who's the, in Canada, he's a big time trainer. He's uh he, he doesn't eat a lot of meat at all. A little bit of fish, a little bit of chicken, but mostly just carbs and fruits and stuff like that. So his, his particular diet is more, and he's Persian, I believe. So it makes it's, it, it fits, you know? Actually, um, interesting that you've mentioned George St. Pierre, because I think it was just him recently that uh, Paul Saladino was um, uh, doing his diet, uh, the carnivore oh. guy, you know, oh, the yeah. carnivore doctor. 
Um, I think prior to his recent fight or something like that, I think it was George St. Pierre. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but, but, but I think it was. Um, I think you're and right. He was, and and he and he looked ri- I don't know if I don't know if you I don't know if you saw him, but but it, it, he looked incredible, and he was on that diet for like two or three months. I'm not. It 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 just obviously he always looks good because he's fucking George Saint Pierre, so so he yeah, probably yeah, yeah. break. But um, yeah. but but I'm just saying like he he looked incredible, you know, before that fight. Like um, um he took a picture on an Instagram, or whatever, and um. And, and that's what that's what it does. Yeah, the to fight, I, I, the fight I, I, when I he went up, the fight when mm-hmm. he went up in a weight class against Michael Bisping, you could mm-hmm. tell he was inflated a little bit. He was a little yeah, bit absolutely. unhealthy, and and yeah, it's good to see him lean out and get and like dialed in again. He just pushed himself a little bit too far. If he had kept it maybe six pounds lighter, so he went up mm-hmm. to two hundred five. If he had mm-hmm. gone up to one ninety seven, one ninety eight, and then tried to come down to. 185 I think that would have been better. He just he's George St. Pierre. He just pushed himself too hard. He's going he's going to do but, that. But that's, he's that's he's the a savage, mentality, you know. You, know? you, you yeah. got to you got to admire the mentality of all those people, you know. Uh by that I mean um again Jacko, uh, David Goggins, you know, uh Tim Kennedy. All those people they they really push themselves. I love Tim Kennedy. Really, Tim Kennedy. I fucking love dude, Tim, Tim Kennedy, Kennedy for president. Tim Thank Kennedy God. for president. Thank God for Tim Kennedy, dude. Seriously, and what he did recently in Afghanistan. Um, but really, there's so many guys out there, you know. There's Mike Sorelli. Um, I don't know if you heard of him. Um, he's a Navy SEAL. Mike Sorelli, shout out. Uh, great dude. You know, he was on Jacko's podcast. Um, there's, there's so many people out there, you know. There's Dave Burke, um, uh, JP Donnell. There, there's so many people out there that, that are really that, you know, you listen to it, and, and my mind is fucking blown. I'm, I'm telling you, I again, I'm a meathead, you know. I don't, I don't, I don't know much about uh, stuff. So, so you know, you might think like, oh, you know, what kind of people is this guy listening to? Like, what kind of a fucking hillbilly is this and all that? Like, I don't care. Like, th- these people motivate the shit out of me because I, I can see how hard they push themselves to to strive to be as good as they possibly can and you have to respect that whether it's george st pierre whether it's cameron haynes i don't know if you know who mm. cameron haynes is the 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 boy yeah, you know what's interesting you might not know this he, cameron haynes went on to a committee talking about mm. environmental stuff and all that kind of stuff with the trump administration so wow. the trump administration invited him on to a committee to talk about sustaining wildlife and hunting and all that kind of stuff to help now, it's an area that's pretty well regulated to begin with, so he didn't have a lot to add, but he was bringing him in to say, how do we well regulate this area? How do we improve it? And I thought it was really cool that Cameron I Haynes, a guy that you wouldn't think thing. would be involved with government, but was mm-hmm. called in to to be a voice, you know? I think I heard him talk about this on, 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 on a podcast. Um, I'm not sure. I think the Joe Rogan uh, podcast, yeah. Yeah, but... but really the the dude is such like and 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 this is it this is like why why else like why would they invite him on to 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 advise the president okay people think like that trump was some kind of a fucking uh show or whatever like 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 a tv show no it was the genuine guy doing a legitimate work and people don't take him fucking seriously because of those communist outlets out there okay let's not call names because we all know what they are okay um 
it's just, it, it just, you know, it, it just blows my mind that people take him so with, with a lot like, of people like, think that the, a lot of people think that communism died with uh, the Soviet Union, no but way. the Soviet Union is just one version of communism, and communism there's many versions of it, and it right is now. a, and they're they're better at operating in the shadows. The Nazis were like, we're coming, we're going to knock your door down, you know, we're killing everyone and blitzkrieging your asses, whereas the the Soviets are like, you know, they'll figure it out from the background and. And the Chinese government has infiltrated many, much of the United States and, and the UK's government through money, through the right kind of influencing and through, through you know, uh, blackmail in some cases. But, you know, they've gained, gained control without military force. They've done it through other means because it's a much more, they're just a more sophisticated more thing. Yeah, much, much more, more efficient, efficient. Much more effective, you know, and... Um... Yeah. And you can always do damage. Um, you know, you can always do damage and you can always um, go yeah, I got a great story. I got a great story. So that guy oh. I told you about, Elliot Hulse, his dad is from Belize. And in Belize, he was a dairy farmer and he would kill the cows. And what he would do is he would go and he would pet them and have them and get them all calm. And they'd just be chilling. And then he'd just come up and he'd slowly get a little little insert, just a little prick that would make yeah. them start to bleed out like crazy. And they would just be calm and chilling. And then the cow would slowly fall oh, asleep. Yeah. And what, it was totally non-lethal. Wow. Communism could potentially be that for us. It's so sneaky that we could be dead before we know it. I think Trump intervened and brought up China and what China's doing to sort of keep that from happening. I'm so grateful for him for doing. I no one was so talking about China, man. No one was talking about China before Trump. So, anyone that talks about China now, you have Trump to thank. You know what? I can tell you one thing about China. China is exactly what Trump calls it, um, and it, worse. <laughs> it is. It is the virus of the world. Um, and we are all fucked because we are all pretty much dependent on them in terms of industrial, you know, manufacturing and all that. Um, and obviously what is going on right now, you got We're the Klaus Schwab and you got the World Economic Forum and you get all those fucking important people meeting every year, plotting on how to, you know, fuck us all over. Um, yeah. Sorry, we're going to say something. Oh, I was just going to say, um, we we're in a position now where, well, so here's the thing. If China started to behave, meaning no concentration camps for the Muslims, no silliness on trade, it's not gonna you know, all these it's kinds of things. Well, not, I'm just, China, uh, just, just assuming happen. it. Just assuming it would happen. Just assuming it, it, it happened. And the only way it would happen is if the entire West all of Europe, all of Africa, all of the United States and, and uh, Latin American countries all got together and say, we're going to start sanctioning China um, if they don't start changing their behavior. Like, that, that's how you could do it. But um, one, like, if China behaves, then they can just be a rich partner of ours and it's fine, right? Like, like, like China doesn't have to be our enemy. And that, that I definitely see that as still on the table. We could get to that place. And um, 
China wants to make money. The only way their system stays in place is if they're keeping their people well-fed and taking care of their people. And that's all, the only way they do that is by making money and by generating economic activity. So if the West said, we're not going to buy your stuff anymore if you don't get your shit together, it's mm -hmm. a real threat. Because the only thing that's holding them up or making China anything but a joke is Western countries buying stuff from them. Because they... They mess their own it. currency up. They cheat their own system so much that China, if it wasn't for their connect, like before 2001, when they entered the World Trade Organization and before they were a part of this whole system, they were dirt poor. Their their GDP was like two trillion. Now it's like 12 or 13 or 14, you know? That's what makes the whole thing so, you know, so ludicrous that we are all so dependent on them purely because we buy stuff from them um and the funny thing is you could support your own country you could support england you could support europe okay you don't have to buy you you, you can support i don't know um uh, you know wherever wherever else in the world they manufacture goods you don't have to buy it from china the thing is china does have access to resources to you know to to, to produce whatever electronics we have right so yeah. whatever computer yeah, whatever after, fucking, yeah yeah it's, all, it's so all, they're the know, only place assembled that there. yeah we have we have places in the united states where we could get that stuff too but for environmental reasons we can't go mine it and africa has got a whole bunch um Africa's got a whole bunch of, of raw resources. So yeah, so like it's interesting when when Trump was doing the, the trade war, it was a tax on stuff being exported from China coming into the United States. He put a tax mm. on that. All that that does is it makes it more expensive for that one lane of trade, but from Vietnam, from Japan, from Poland, from for wherever, we can mm -hmm. buy stuff from any other country. So once you tax that, it's more expensive there, but everywhere else it's cheaper. So the businesses just start looking elsewhere. So you can implement a tax that's like over the next 12 months, we're not going to be on China stuff anymore, mm -hmm. but it'll be gradual and businesses can make the adjustments and adjust stuff. We're about to hit the end of hour two. So we'll have to uh, call it here and then uh, we'll hop back on just for a few more minutes. All right. Part three with uh, the effective mindset podcast host, Mike and, uh, He'll uh, be here soon. I'm just going to be chilling here. Um, we don't really have a whole bunch more to to discuss right now. Oh, hey. Hello, my love. Hey, All right. Good. Right. Good, man. So you were saying it's cool. My uh, my girlfriend is uh is watching this right now, so I was oh, like, awesome. I, she, she hasn't watched. Yeah, I haven't seen her uh, watch them too many lives, so it's pretty dope. Um, yeah. So I sort of just <laughs> awesome. I sort of just concluded a point there. Um, we can wrap it up on uh sort of tribalism and how uh in your country, in my country, and in many countries, the people, the everyday folks are pinned against each other to keep the system going because if we ever understood the system we could actually fix it it's like a, the movie a bug's life you know 
like the, the 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 grasshoppers or whatever are only in charge as long as the ants under like believe that they should be and once the ants are like wait a minute there's like a hundred yeah. more of us than you like like think about this with um with uh, the united states government uh there's 435 people in one part of the united states federal government uh the house of representatives and then in the senate there's a hundred so that's 535 people versus 330 million people so if we needed to you know work against them and do something like like it can happen very easily it's it's within our reach it's just we have to understand that we are each other's allies and and i don't mean this in go get a gun and go do something but they are the enemy they they the elites have their own interests and the people have their own interests and we have to as the people get together and advocate for our own interests you know it's very straightforward and you know and 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 more in i i think you know more so um just transparency you know try and be honest with each other rather than try and support the narrative uh that you don't even really understand take a step back and don't get caught up in all this bullshit because it's so easy you know it's so so easily done and the damage is so very obviously uh, really bad, you know, much, much worse than, than anyone probably would have ever anticipated. Yeah, if people probably. were just, if people so, were just more honest about, yeah, where they're at with their views, and more, and more importantly, what they don't know, don't be you know, afraid. we would have a much better conversation. You know, I, I, I think it. I know a lot about politics, obviously, but I a know lot. I'm maybe 55, 60% of where, you know, ultimate sort of, even then, maybe it's really 15%, I don't know, but I know I'm a fraction of what could be or what I could be. And so there's kind of a, a freeing humility with that, where I'm like, I'm just a dude. I don't know everything. I'm never going to know everything. I'm just in a process of trying to, you know, keep leveling it up, you know? Definitely. But, you know, don't be afraid to talk about whatever you're struggling with you know if you're having a hard time with something then 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 don't be afraid to talk to people about that and i'm not saying go on instagram live and and open up to everyone make yourself vulnerable don't do that obviously but be reasonable go and reach out to someone you can trust if if there is someone like that if not then then try and find that person and uh, or 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 just sit down and be fucking really honest with yourself just just be really honest with whatever it is you're dealing with and that's the uh, most important transparency right there you got to be real with yourself starts, really that's where it starts like if if you're if you're going to try and fix things and i think you always should you know no matter how good things are they can always probably be better um start with yourself and then try and you know work with people because if we get too caught up in our own bullshit which is so fucking easily done these days with netflix out there with your iphone or your fucking samsung whatever you're using with your you know with your with with your all those distractions you know to keep you away from really from from what you are supposed to be from where we come from if you get caught up in all that shit then it's easier to just follow the narrative without asking too many questions, without really thinking ahead of how much that can change moving forward to a point where you not necessarily want to be. 
So rather than try and get there, I would say open up to people in terms of like, hey, you know, we all have our shit going on and everybody's fucking, you know, caught up in something and everybody's life is a little bit fucking crazy at the moment. So don't go crazy there, you know, like, like with, with all that. Just try and try and find some common ground with people around you and, and, and try and listen to people because I have learned a lot from people that I would definitely disagree with, you know, over the past year and a half on many topics and I have disagreed with, um, but I still learned something because it's good to have a conversation with somebody, okay? Rather than, you know, just, just you know, sit at home and watch fucking movies. Everybody can do that and, and, and I do that a lot. But, you know, at the same time, try and find some balance. Try and go out there to people and try and, I don't know, just try and... If, if you're not going to go out there, then try and do that on the internet. Just try and, you know, just try and interact with people. It's very, and and, and I'll, I'll fully say I'm guilty of this too. It's very easy to settle into the, a narrative about how stupid and crazy the other people are. And by, so by comparison, how sane and smart you are, right? Like it's very easy <laughs> very to fall much, into that, yes. into that's thinking true. that's the way it is. And, and, um, you know, and, and so like here in the United States, the average Democrat is not on board at all with any of this nonsense, mm -hmm. but the, the, the people in front of the camera are. And so, so it's very easy to think that everyone in this half of the country is a moron and thinks these stupid things. But the reality is that's not the case. It's usually a it's small not. fraction. And most of the people are sitting there like, What's going on? <laughs> How do like we get this, is... you know, figured out? Because, 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 uh, and and so, people should try to break those narratives and work for it. But uh, the other side of that is this: the everyday person living their life doesn't have fifty, a hundred, two hundred hours to pour into studying every single subject. So my my trick for people is pay attention to the people you're listening to, and one. How much substance and facts are they bringing up to you and how much of it is just how they feel and emotions are attacking people. Um, and uh, whenever you can find someone who's saying something and it doesn't quite sound right or they bring up a fact and it's like, whoa, that's crazy. Go look into it because sometimes that's they it. will not be telling you the whole truth. Like uh, here's the best example. They'll say COVID is going up 800% in the last month. But it's like 800%, meaning it went from one to eight people out of a million, right? Instead yeah, of so instead of 100,000 yeah, yeah. to 800,000, it's one to eight. But they say it's 800% because they're, they're playing the little games. But it's like but exactly when I, when I, when I went and looked at the data, I looked at the cases and the, the deaths in California. It's really low from like all the way through the pandemic. It's like really low. In the beginning, it was like here. At the peak, it was like here. Now it's like this. And the deaths are even lower. The deaths are like non-existent. But they're acting like it's this giant delta surge. But in reality, it's basically dead. It's basically done. We're over the pandemic. It's this over already. And they just want to keep it going, you know? And it's this because they can ignorance. manipulate it that way. So whenever someone says, oh, the, something is 800% more than what it was before, like, look into it. See what's, you know, see what's actually going on. See what see what the eight hundred percent off, because that's, yeah. that's that's the key point. And this is what they don't tell you. This is how, this is how they 
put that shit into people's heads you know that this is like like you would not be able to otherwise manipulate people other than not tell them everything they they are not necessarily lying to you all the time because they do that too and they get caught <laughs> doing that every single fucking time but they still will do it uh and will get away with it obviously because they always do uh, but you know what they do most uh commonly is the other thing you know and 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 and, and it just they give you give you part of it they give you that's part it. of it that's it sorry i had a bit of a joe biden moment in there i, for, I, <laughs> I forgot how i was gonna say it uh, You're good. So no, it's crazy. But, uh, Speaking of Joe Biden moments, man, I was watching. Um, so, so I'm just a believer right now. We just need to impeach him, just because his mistakes are just going to get worse and worse and worse. Oh, we didn't, we didn't get to talk too much about the Afghanistan thing. Um, just Dude, real I quick. Have all the time in the world, but I don't want to take too much okay. of your time. Okay, no worries. No worries. I've got all the time um, in the world. Seriously. Cool. Um, so yeah, so with the Afghanistan thing, one. Like there's a lot of there's a lot of a lot of different sort of angles on it. Like, should we first off, like when you're going to decide, do you go into the country like that's its own decision? And once you go in, then you have to reassess and say, now that we're in here, then what do we do? Because like when by the time Trump showed up, you know, we had already been in there for 15 years and um uh, Obama had, had done his stuff and Bush had done his stuff and Trump was not responsible for any of that. So it's just up to him now after it's already started to say, how do we resolve this going forward for the best outcome? Um, and for me, keeping a small force in there and, and, uh, Absolutely. And, and, and like we did in Japan, like we did in Germany, that's the only model that's been proven to be successful at all. And it's interesting. I was talking to a guy who's very smart and has a big following and everything the other day. And uh, he called me retarded for thinking this way. But um, nice. there is always the possibility of Nazi Germany coming back in some way in Germany. Like that is always going to be a concern. So if Look. we're not in a position where once that starts to happen, we can like stamp it out immediately. We're inviting it to happen again. So like... Um, we right are now, it to like, happen so again right with, now. With yes. China. Yeah, with, so yes. like with China, with China, we are making them richer and they're building up their military and you have all these things sort of happening. If we had been doing that with Nazi Germany, you know, and made them richer and more powerful than we were or whatever, you know, we might have we might have lost the war, you know. Um, so look to keeping, me, keeping an eye on the world, keeping our military all throughout the world and ready to respond like like what people don't understand is like if you don't have any military people within 5000 miles or so of a particular area you can't do anything there so they can start setting up whatever they want uh and building it up and launch stuff off of there and you don't have the response time it's not like you could just send a rocket into germany once the nazis show up again right like you like once no. you gotta you gotta have people there to handle the problem to be talking to people and to be sort of negotiating these things like it's it's interesting because america is the first empire to not take the spoils of war like we were the first empire to like we went we beat all of europe we took over all this land gained all this control and in various other countries we we have a bunch of influence and we we have a lot of control over them and we just leave them alone for the most part and let them do their thing good bad and ugly like we're the first empire to like to 
sacrifice the lives, sacrifice the money, beat another world power in Nazi Germany and all that, and Imperial Japan, and sort of have this world order sort of stabilized. And then we're just like, just be peaceful and live your lives and we'll take a step back. And on one hand, I agree, I, I understand why. And I think ultimately you want that freedom for people. But I think after World War II, during that brief window where we had a nuclear weapon and no one else did, the mm -hmm. United States could have made a giant move for freedom in the world and said, you guys need to start changing your laws, changing your human rights standards, getting a bill of rights and freedom of religion and freedom of speech and all this, and just start saying like, we're not going to support you after this World War II thing unless mm -hmm. you get your game together. Now, a bunch of other countries, China and a bunch of and Russia and others have nuclear weapons and, and we're sort of more on an equal playing field with them. So it's a lot harder and we could still do it. We should still try to influence the world in a positive way. But after World War II, when we had that brief window of a huge advantage, I think we could have done a lot more than we did. But because cool. we don't have that imperialist, because, because, um, was it, it was, like if it was because the president was not a dictator, was not an emperor, it didn't go that way, but it could have. I think it was, it was Eisenhower who was the, uh, the sort of overseer of a lot of that stuff, like set, like bringing down World War II and sort of, yeah, tying up I all the, the treaties and stuff afterwards. It was Eisenhower who did that, and he was warning against the military industrial complex, which is important, but. He did not, in my opinion, set the world up for a successful future. We kind of left too many areas of the world on the sidelines, which meant evil can go there and regroup and and re reengage. But you see, this is a this is why I think like okay, maybe the U.S. could have made a bigger difference or whatever. You know, maybe maybe things would have been different. Like I think it would have been different if it was Great Britain. So if it was like, if England was in America, like in terms of like continent-wise, you know, if it was the other way around, okay? If if I lived in the US right now and you lived in England, if it was England with their king or whatever, then there would be a whole of a hell of a different story, okay? The way the way it's gone, it's gone. But what really blows my mind is how they mismanaged how they absolutely botched the withdrawal from Afghanistan because I'm not saying withdraw I I, I never thought it was a good I, I always thought that look leave I don't know a few thousand troops there okay um, just leave a few thousand well-trained soldiers who will uh, protect who will maintain do you know how big the UK is do you know how big the UK is like how many That's million it. people? Uh, I don't. I'm an idiot. So. I, I think it's like I think it's like Let five or six. Serious. How I'll say five point five? What is the UK population? Hold on, Siri. The population of United Kingdom was sixty-seven million eight hundred eighty-six. Oh dang! Okay. Holy shit! Sixty-seven like million. All right, more than. More than I was thinking, man. I was way off. Uh, I guess I was thinking about Scandinavian countries. But anyways, so Afghanistan is 39 million people. Okay. So about two-thirds of the size of the UK. And right. we just gave that whole country wow, over to the Taliban. More, that is a lot more people than I thought. I thought Afghanistan, like, see, that's how much of a, again, of a meathead I am. Uh, 
because you know i just I, looked that up a week ago so don't feel like a meathead it's that i don't think uh, i've heard they, anyone they, they, other they, than me talk about the population of afghanistan so trust me it, it blows my mind because what biden did is look i i, I honestly don't have any other explanation to it other than that it was planned to fuck it up so horribly so severely it was just incomprehensible okay what they did instead of like i get it biden i, I sorry i get it trump was going to donald trump was going to withdraw truth but first first things first i can fucking guarantee it he was going to take care of the gear, of the equipment, of all the top secret, maybe not top secret, but really, uh, yeah, it is top secret shit, right? The, the China shouldn't catch your fucking F-35 or anything like that. So, or tanks or whatever, right? Because it's all, it's all military top tech, you know, it's like, like top tier technology uh that the taliban are now ripped out a lot of computers and stuff beforehand but yeah they left a lot of hard hardware back there are selling that shit to china now for fucking pennies right excuse me we're talking about like we're we would they would probably sell them some 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 drone or whatever for a couple of million dollars uh because they you know they could do with some cash and the china you know they they have a lot of money uh, so they don't mind. They need the, you know, they need they need American technology so they could replicate it and uh, and you know do their own shit. What they always do, like what what do what what do they do over there? Obviously, we all know what they do. They 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 copy whatever the fuck the other developed countries have created, and then they make thousands and thousands and millions more of their own uh, at a fraction of the price because they have all of the resources and all that, you know, so, so, so. It, and the, look, and the are, Chinese government, the Chinese government manipulates them. their economy to make it, make it so that it's the cheapest place to make stuff. Exactly. And this fucking dinosaur. Okay. Uh, I'm talking about Joe, sleepy Biden, Joe. Yeah. There. Yeah. That's <laughs> it. So, so this idiot okay just literally handed 90 billion dollars worth of military equipment to the taliban terrorists who fucking sold some of that shit to china so in other words sleepy joe has just earned has just armed sorry uh chinese military chinese fucking intelligence he's just a fucking idiot like he's so like this alone including the military dogs, the service dogs that he left in Afghanistan, including God knows how many people that he actually left behind. Check this out. About 45 minutes from where I live, about 45 minutes from where I live, if you drive north, there's a school district there that sent 27 kids from a bunch of different schools to Afghanistan. I don't know why they were there. I don't know what was going on. Those kids I are still over there. It. I read about that. Sorry, it just uh, I, I honestly don't know. It's crazy. Yeah, Biden. So I believe Biden is intentionally like like he's basically intentionally not, not he was put there to intentionally bring America down from the inside however they can. Um, luckily, he's very limited in what he can do, but 
here's the thing. So Joe Biden was a senator back in the 70s and 80s. Yeah. And in the 80s, Everyone. when yeah. uh, the Soviet Union was involved in Afghanistan and we were on the other side funding the Taliban back then um, to try to topple the communist government in uh, in Afghanistan. When the, when the USSR, when the Soviet Union pulled out Mm-hmm. and uh, pulled out their support from the Afghani military and the Afghani government. In 1989, the exact same thing happened. They gave up without a fight and yeah. gave all the yeah. equipment and money over to the Taliban. So when Joe Biden was in Congress at the federal level and knew that this was happening, knew this had happened, probably got some re- intelligence reports on it and all that kind of stuff, like Joe Biden knew this is how it would go, and he still executed it the way he did. And here are a few facts that just show you that it was intentionally botched, and and even in little ways. One, they left at 0300 hours, three in the morning local time, when everyone's asleep, and they and they took off. It wasn't like the the details were talked about ahead of time. They pulled out emergency fast, rip everything out, go as fast as possible. Even and so check this out. And then next stage, there's a point where the Taliban has the countryside in control, mm-hmm. but there's none of the cities. There's like seventy something cities in Afghanistan. None okay. of the city governments have fallen yet. We don't redeploy our military to create a perimeter and hold the Taliban there. We mm-hmm. keep retreating. We keep going. We don't change our our plan. So we know the Taliban's on the doorstep of taking over the cities. And we don't go and handle the situation. And then over the course of nine days, the first city fell. And then all of the cities had fallen. And nowhere in those 10 days did our military go do anything. Look. And last point, this will be the final thing. It's a little depressing. The 13 Marines that died were told to stay longer at that post two hours beyond when they were supposed to leave specifically to get and and i don't mean this negatively towards the uk specifically to get british citizens out and they died because they stayed there longer to get british citizens out but american citizens are still left over there so none of this makes any fucking sense unless you want to cause death and chaos i did this you know that you know that meme with the little girl and she's like (laughs) and there's like a building burning over there you know, in the background or whatever. I did, I did a meme where I just said, this yeah, is Biden, yeah. and that's like no, no, you know, look, chaos or whatever. Blew so, no, no, no. You just yeah. blew my mind with this thing. I, I actually didn't know that they were going to uh, get get the uh, some, some, some British people uh, out there. Um, but really, look, the whole... So Biden needs to be impeached. He whole... needs to be kicked down now. He's only going to make the world a worse place the longer he's there. People. And I hope he doesn't get assassinated because he might end up being the Antichrist and he might come back. <laughs> Lord, so Lord, I, re- I know that sounds I... crazy, but one uh, percent of me believes that that could happen. And I think that Dude. that keeps me from being like, no one, no one murder him, please. No assassinations. I don't not we don't, don't want to we don't want to look I, I think I think that's that's the last thing I would ever want for anyone, okay? I think he should just fucking okay. Look, he should I don't uh, be fired. He he should be fired, that's for sure. He will never go to prison because he's done that all as a president, so he's got, you know, fucking presidential whatever immunity. Yeah. Um 
So I'm not, and I, I don't even, you know, he, he belongs there, but, but I, don't, I don't wish him that. I wish him to fucking reflect on his fuck ups rather than saying that it was a monumental success. This was the, the biggest fuck up in a history of military. Okay, this was the biggest fucking fuck up, in other words, in the history of humanity. I think when it it's comes really to hard, it's really hard to argue with them. It's hard to think fucking, of a more stupid thing. How do you thing? fuck up any worse? How can you fuck up any worse? The only thing worse that he, because you know what's, you know what's the worst fucking thing about this whole thing, is that the fucking leftist media right now will turn it all around. They will twist it all so that the military will take the fucking blame for that. The military will take the heat, the troops, people you who sacrifice, right. people who selflessly, people who fucking selflessly uh, are willing, you know, to, to, to sacrifice their life for the country, people who go there and uh, are willing to do whatever the fuck it takes, whatever they have to do, people who, who are the most selfless, the best fucking people out there, people like that will now take the heat for Biden's and Kamala Harris's monumental fucking, failure. Um, failure and uh, every single thing this fucking guy did since he got into office has been a failure every single thing that name one thing name one good thing because i don't know who if you know who jp sears is um, mm -hmm. so i, I do i'm I I a big that. fan he's funny he's funny as hell jp sears shout out um so yeah so jp sears recently made a very good video about biden's accomplishments so i suggest everyone who ever listens to this go there and check it out um, it's an elaborate is, and impressive list <laughs> it is a very impressive list and there is literally um not one good thing that i could think of okay not one yeah. not one no, no. Um, I got, only because i went only because i've done more research than a lot of people with what joe biden's done there's one executive order of his that I remember that was okay. And that was just requiring people entering the United States legally mm -hmm. to get a COVID test before they come in. Cool. Fair enough. That's uh, it. That's it. And here's what? the thing. Here's the thing. We have hundreds of thousands of people and like 20% of them are COVID, uh, COVID positive. Sorry. About 20% of the people coming across the southern border of the United States from Mexico right now are positive for COVID. At least that's oh, the only number I've seen was 21%. So it's like, even with that thing I mentioned where it's like the one good thing he did, that's only for people legally coming over into the country. That's not for all the people on the border. They're not that's testing them all. They're doing a batch fraction. testing where they test some of them to see sort of what the level is of the whole community, but they're not actually testing everyone and holding them off until they till they don't have COVID anymore. It's so, so dumb. So remember what you said at the beginning about the guns, that the argument that they save more lives than they end, right? Yeah. So the very same 100 thing- 100 times could... more lives. And the very same thing you could say about Biden's presidency, the hundred times more fuck ups don't justify <laughs> the one fucking one like the one, one 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 bullshit fucking thing that he has done doesn't justify a hundred fuck ups. Okay. So yeah. so it's that's it. That's like that that itself, seven months has shown everyone what this guy's capable of. Seven, eight months has it been. You know, the guy's 
capable of like like what I think Obama said about him. I don't know if it's true or not, but don't underestimate Joe's ability to fuck things up. <laughs> okay. I don't know. I don't know if that was. Um, I'm like laugh crying, man. But yeah. I don't know if that was true, but that was fucking true. I think. Um, yeah, that's so. That's one of those things where it was like reported behind closed scenes sort of statements. He never like went out in public. And was like, you can never underestimate how much, no, how no, much my vice president like can fuck shit yeah, up. Someone, <laughs> someone heard him say it. Someone heard someone heard But it, was, it is attributed to him. And, and, uh, and yeah. uh, this, wasn't, this wasn't behind closed doors. Osama bin Laden said he actually wanted Biden to be president because it would be so catastrophic for the United States that it would, that it would help them bring us down. So that yeah. is true. Tell me okay. did say that, and that is scary enough. <laughs> Maybe, I don't know if you have a couple of more minutes, but just while we're at it, um, while we're on the topic of, you know, presidents and all that, what do you think, like, what do you think of Kamala Harris's um, competency, as in, like, her, um, I don't know if credentials is the right word here, because uh, I'm not a big fan of the whole education thing. Like I'm a college dropout. And, uh, so know, here, and here's don't... what I'll say: her career sex, her, her career successes, are probably because she owns a pair of knee pads. He's. Uh... <laughs> okay. Um... And the only reason why Biden chose her, Virtuous is probably that. because of that reason, and also. Because she is absolutely sold out to the powerful special interests he's sold out to, and um, she's she's she is very smart. Like she's she's a crappy politician, and I don't think she's leading for the people in a good way. But she's not a stupid person. She's very smart. So you so talked about Kamala. With all the, yeah, with Kamala all the Harris. Cackle and all that. Like well, I mean, she's now. she's awkward and stuff. But what what? So here's the thing. Like Hillary Clinton, right? Like, mm -hmm. like, like evil, evil people can still be very, very smart. And if anything, that makes them more dangerous. And so mm -hmm. I, I personally think Kamala oh, Harris is a very competent and smart person. I think she, so to your point, you were talking about what is she doing? I think she's actually managing the show in the background. And I think Biden, if you watch Biden, like I watched him talk about uh, the August jobs report. And he was sort of reading the teleprompter and he was saying stuff and it was really good. I and then he was asked good. about the Texas abortion law. And within five seconds, he said, oh, so the, so the law yeah. about Louisiana, right? Standard, the law yeah. about Louisiana, right? So like within five seconds, he said Louisiana when they said Texas. And so mm -hmm. like when he's on Shit. teleprompter and he's being told what to say, he can kind of pull it off. But the second that stops, he's he's falling apart. So I think Kamala Harris is there to manage things in the background until he eventually gets impeached, and then she'll take over. And what's funny, you know what's funny? She'll be the first female president of the United States, but she will not be the first elected president of the uh, female president of the United States. No one voted her in to be president. People voted for Biden basically, Look, she, and then he chose her. She fell out in the fucking primaries. Tulsi Gabbard destroyed her. Okay, and, um, and double kneecap took her out. <laughs> Tulsi Gabbard is is um, you know would be so much better doing the job, um, but obviously Kamala Harris. The only reason 
they picked her like two reasons obviously first of all she's a prostitute she's sold out easily and uh she you know she she it was a fair deal it was like for her you know she couldn't do any fucking better in the, in the corporate world in the corporate world of corporate government she couldn't do any better okay it's serving all the fucking certain corporations and all that because i'm pretty sure that you know once she uh, steps down once one day you know once she wants her career as a uh, vp or whatever or the president quite likely is is over um then then she will be doing exactly the same thing as obama does and his fucking you know uh, predecessor getting and all paid that for speeches getting netflix deals and all that you get taken Dude, care how, of after how, how fucking expensive was his new house like we're talking like 15 fucking million 10 yeah. fucking million, five yeah, like, 12 like, 12 what, to 15 somewhere in there what the fuck are we talking about ex-president of the united states oh and and you know with global warming and all that and that and that's a totally different topic but it was on it was a beachfront property mm -hmm. now this is one of the more interesting points why would someone who's afraid of the oceans rising because of global warming buy oceanfront property exactly and why would someone who's so fucking um you know so so concerned about the climate change and global warming buy a villa that probably produces more fucking uh, you know waste or whatever and and and, and consumes big more electricity bill and all that fucking kfc you know 24 7. it's like it's probably an insane amount of resources that go into that little fucking I house have a, yeah i have a i have a statistic for you whenever you're talking to anyone around you uh, about global warming and mm -hmm. this isn't this is just to talk about how we solve the issue, not talking about like the details of the issue. Um, if you add up all of the CO2 that the that humans emit into the atmosphere, all mm -hmm. of it added up, it's about 40 billion tons. Okay. The, the natural system, nature, uh, emits about 800 billion tons and absorbs and brings back out of the atmosphere 800 billion tons, which so what that translates into is is more. So what that translates to is the is humans are five percent of the overall game. That's right. Nature is sending out eight hundred and pulling back eight hundred, and we're only putting out forty. So if we raise the natural system's ability to absorb CO two just a little bit, we fix the problem. If but it would take all of all of um. So it would take. All CO2 emissions by humans added up over 10 years to get rid of the excess CO2 in the atmosphere. But on the other side of it, a 5% increase in the absorption of nature, and that solves the problem just as much. So, so it's, it's, so, and the way we do that is just switching agriculture from, um, 2D, from yeah. 2D to 3D. Because then you're using less land, and then the forest will come back. Most agriculture, most of the forests have been lost to agriculture. Most of the land that's been cleared has been cleared for agriculture. So, um, but yeah, so all of the policies that they're implementing on uh, carbon taxes and gas taxes and uh, all of the emission stuff and all that stuff—it's all bullshit. The, the, the emissions for health, for like lung health and breathing, that's not bullshit. But but for CO two and all that stuff, that's all bullshit. It's even even the even the the Paris Climate Accord. 
said that they would only reduce global warming by 0.2 degrees by the year 2100. 80, 80 years from now, marginal difference. And that's all of the crap that they're doing. And it's not going to actually solve the problem. So, um, but yeah, that, that, that 5% number really makes you understand humans aren't the main thing here exactly. It's more so what we've done to nature and agriculture and deforestation that's caused the problem. It's not humans having a car. <laughs> no, of course it's not. And um, and far as I know, you know, cows uh, produce more, you know, uh, powerful gases than, yeah, that's it, than, 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 than the McDonald's does. So even though it's all cows. Uh, so, uh, a bit irony. Uh, so, uh, but, but, you know, no, honestly, all, all it is, is money. Again, it's the same as vaccine industry. It's the same as big pharma. It's the same as the whole philanthropy business. Big food. There's no fucking like thing. Impossible philanthropy. Like, you know, the whole, the whole concept, sorry, what, what, what the I was saying they, like big, uh, big food and Bill Gates with the impossible yeah. meat and all that. It's all, it's all money. And and you know the uh, actually the like Bill Gates is one person in, on this planet that I like the very least uh, for so many reasons. Like this guy, Bill just Gates, you're it. my least favorite. <laughs> he fucking earned it. You know, he he earned it. <laughs> Bill Gates, you earned it. Um, no, seriously, the guy's an asshole. And and you can you can say that the guy is obviously obsessed. Okay, he's obsessed with population control. He's obsessed with vaccinating everyone. And that could be for a variety of reasons. It could be, you know, it could be the what people say he's a eugenist or whatever. I don't necessarily buy into that. I would say that he's a little bit less sinister than that, but a little bit more greedy, okay? He's <laughs> probably more about the power, okay, first of all. Just control, not necessarily fucking eliminating people, uh, although we don't know the long-term... Uh, consequences of what is currently being implemented uh, if I can put it in these words but his his heavy investment and all that I think is mostly motivated by power and money and those two things are sinister enough for me to call that piece of shit out on his whatever the fuck he's doing right um, so we're not talking just the vaccines. We're not talking just the philanthropy, you know, and trying to help everyone. How is it that all these philanthropists, they, in pretty much case of every single investment, we're talking about at least a tenfold of a profit, okay? Like they get, they, they make about a 2,000% uh, profit on the vaccines, as far as I know. Like this is official mm -hmm. Bill Gates information. He's like 20 to 1 return on the investment. Um so if he invests five billion and he's got a lot more than that, then he's gonna get a hundred back. And he has invested, I'm pretty sure, a lot more than that into all the technology surrounding uh, all that stuff and all that. You know, I, I don't want to get your podcast of the of the air. Um, no, you're good. Don't worry about it. No, look seriously. We can dude, say like, everything. I, we can say ivermectin and all the stuff. <laughs> but, no, but honestly, this is you know, this is what I always no horse dewormer. <laughs> uh, Shout out Dude, Joe that's Rogan. crazy. Um, that's crazy. Did you see that? The Joe Rogan dewormer I stuff? I saw that. And, 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 Dude, and, that's and, crazy, and, man. Seriously. Like, they're legit trying to they're legit trying to say that this disease, like, they're caught in the lie 
and Joe Rogan has caught them in the lie, and they're like, we got to attack him now, panic. And I bet a bunch of people are like, Joe Rogan wouldn't just take some random drugs just because. Just and so they're going to look into it, hopefully. I would hope so. Because, like, look, dude. Like, could, you, could you imagine? Imagine. So imagine if Jocko Willink was in, was on a, was on the New York Times and they mm-hmm. were saying that he's using horse tranquilizer to mm-hmm. sedate himself before he does his own surgery. You'd be like, okay, that's bullshit. Oh, Let me look into that. That seems so weird. Like, he, like, he, like, you wouldn't Jocko expect Joe Rogan to be like, oh, you know how you know how there were people that had like powdered versions of uh, like household cleaner that had hydroxychloroquine in it, and they were like taking it. Like wow. Joe Rogan okay, is not yeah. going to do yeah. that. Of Joe Rogan is not going to do that. that kind of thing. And and Joe so Rogan it's not one of those. And that's what they're trying the, to say you know, he's doing. So yeah. Joe Rogan is not one of those people for whom the warning labels are uh, made these days. You know, such as don't drink the fucking battery liquid and all that uh, out of the yeah. car. You know? It's, it's yeah. like I saw that meme a few days ago that you know like 20 30 years ago a car manual told you how to uh, uh, change the spark plugs or whatever in your fucking car right or a battery mm-hmm. and these days what it tells you is don't drink the fucking uh, window liquid or like battery liquid or whatever like I like that, that. Just I like tells that. You where we've gone as a species we are getting dumber and dumber and one of my favorite quotes of all time. I don't know if you ever watched Californication with David Duchovny. Um, mm. It was a Showtime TV series, uh, TV show about uh, 14 years ago um, with, uh, with David Duchovny. I just said that. Uh, sorry, I'm a little high. Uh, anyway, uh, so, so, so he said that we are getting dumber and dumber. And, you know, people... Um, or it's like people are going for this convenience, you know, people, people um, totally focus uh, on the comfort rather than on grammar, rather than on punctuation, rather than, you know, on trying to, 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 to be articulate. Everybody's just fucking LOLing everything and all that, you know, so, so it's like we are really going backwards and, and we are pretty much all participating in it. And it's like... <laughs> The best way to not solve this, not not to jump ahead of you, but I think it's Go important. On. The best way to solve this is for everyone to start becoming a lifelong learner. Because if you keep That's it. pushing That's your it. brain and keep it working, it won't, we won't fall back. And the thing is, if you're surrounded by smart people, you're going to pick up a few things. So at each one of us individually that decides to try to take our own intellect or our own education to the next level, we're adding to the overall average you know we're raising the average look that's why i'm enjoying this podcast so much because i'm talking to someone a lot smarter than i so seriously you're you're helping me a lot Um, no no but honestly look the way i see it tim kennedy said that on jacko's podcast i don't know if you listened to that one but but he said be humble or you're gonna get humbled okay and 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 this is those are the words to live by to me seriously just stay humble try and keep learning rather than try and listen to people more rather than talk okay it's hard in our uh industry if you will okay whatever we do in our our hobby whatever whatever this is to you um it's a little you know uh that that's what it is to me at the moment but but i'm, I'm trying to make it a thing anyway we'll, we'll see how it goes but um look 
be humble as in try and always learn something from people rather than educate people on something uh because if 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 you will try and do that then sometimes it's going to go well but for the most part it's going to be pretty meaningless because people will learn from you either way if they will be willing to learn you don't have to try and educate them unless they are asking specific questions so so the humility thing you talked about absolutely but it's basically like you want to try to figure out how to be a a teacher and a student at the same time always because like uh when i was when i was in class uh growing up or whatever if I understood something in class and the people around me didn't get it as quickly or whatever, or the other way around, if they got it and I didn't, they would help me or I would help them and we would help each other kind of get a sense of what the actual thing was. And sure. so um, that's a combination of kind of being a teacher and a, and, a, and a student, always trying to learn, but also sharing what you do know. That's the thing is like, you don't have to know, oh, every, yeah, especially with politics, especially, I mean, with life, but especially with politics, we're all everyone deserves to be a part of the conversation and like Absolutely. the political discussion belongs to everybody so like regardless of what you do and you don't know like you it, it's worth jumping in you know because you're only going to learn more the more you engage with it and the less seriousness you put on it all that you know you'll be better off see i am totally 100 percent uh on the same page with you uh on this so you just said it a lot more articulately so like i said what i just said checks out you are a bit smarter than me um because that's pretty much what i meant and look i'm just saying don't try and go there and and uh you know impose your wisdom on people okay that's that's it like if if people will want to learn from you then they will learn from you because because you make yourself available you make your whatever your knowledge whatever you whatever you learned uh whatever you heard you you, you know uh you make that available to people whenever they're whenever they want to listen to it um but on the other hand i think you know listening is more important than 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 um educating my phone died i'm so sorry but this is part four of episode 19 of uncommon conversations um mike will be on shortly and we will wrap things up unfortunately it got cut off at a, at a poor moment luckily I, I, I have the settings towards uh, archiving these lives so hopefully this uh, this live will be um, hopefully I'll be able to upload it a little bit later all right Good. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, good. I've got it all uh, saved in my archive. So, oh, good. Nice. Nice. Right. Yeah. So, so yeah. I, I actually lost track of what I was saying. Um, what was I saying? Um, you were just sort of talking about um, uh, about uh, you're talking about being humble and and always learning. That's it. That's and listening, yeah. you're talking about listening. And I, so here's the oh, thing. Here's, what here's, here's what's interesting on your point. Um, like I talk about being a student and a teacher. Uh, whenever I would have a personal conversation with someone and like try to learn about politics in my everyday life, um, I was trying to do that. But in uh, the bigger game that I'm in now, you're talking about the, the industry we're in. Um, I basically, basically, I spent 10 years studying and listening to 
the smartest people I could find on politics and, and trying to go off of that. And now I'm in a position to actually start talking about it. So it's like, so to your point, I listened for basically 10 years. There you go. <laughs> and now and I have something to say. So, so yeah, now that's not I'm... true. Obviously I said the teacher student thing and all that, but essentially you, you have to, you have to listen a lot and understand that whatever field you're going to go into, whatever you're going to do, there's a bunch of people that have thought about it a bunch before you. There's a bunch of people that have lived before you and done it. And um, there's more knowledge out there to get than you'll ever have on your own. So, yeah, stage one is always going to be just open your ears up, open your mind up, and just start listening. Always always try and learn something. And, um, and you know, very recently, yes, I think it was yesterday, I was cooking and um, – I started listening to an old podcast of Joe Rogan's with Henry Rollins. Uh, I was fortunate mm -hmm. enough to, uh, to have saved it on my, like I literally downloaded it on my um, Apple podcast when it was still available, you know. So I have it, I have an actual downloaded copy on my phone. If I delete that, oh, oh and the one that I'm handing in, holding in my hand, if I delete that, of my downloads, then I'm not going to be able to re-download it because the only episode available at the moment is uh, there was one with Matthew Walker. Um, but anyway, you know, all the rest are on Spotify or are censored by Spotify. Obviously, some of them are so, so they are uh, to be found somewhere in, uh, in, in the other corners of the, uh, of the internet, right? Um, yeah. But, you know, the one with Henry Rollins is literally so mind blowing. It's so good, you know. It's so and, and, and he's such an inspirational, such an inspirational. That's the one where he, he went to North Korea, right? Henry Rollins. Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's. I think he he went everywhere. I think this dude has been like every. He's been. He said he's been in Africa like twenty odd times, you know. Um, and uh, and. And and he, as far as I know, he's a sober guy. Okay, he doesn't like he doesn't party uh, like 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 most white people do. So uh, so you know. <laughs> so, so, so uh, hey, we all I, like to party. You know, I used to. I, I, I don't really do that anymore because I, I just don't find that entertaining, especially the hangovers and all that. Um, I am I am definitely not. Uh, never been a heavy drinker, um, but. I had some alcoholics in my family, so I, I was wise enough in my youth to avoid it. I was straight edge through, uh, through my young education, public education. So I avoided yeah, a, lot of, um, a lot of mistakes that I might have otherwise made. Um, but even now, like I, I might have a shot or two once every in a great while, might you know, drink three, four, five, six shots or something like on our Halloween party or something like that. But sure. outside of that, it, alcohol is not my thing. THC, marijuana, is definitely my thing, much uh, more so than, uh, yeah. than alcohol. Look, alcohol, um, I, can, I can handle a few beers a day. Um, but if it happens for a few days in a row, for example, I get a little carried away. I have a few, you know, with a steak. Then I have a few with some ribs. And it's like it always, you know, just you can literally chug it down so easily. Um, it's, it's, it's nice. It's fucking delicious. Makes you feel good. You know, if you don't go too many, uh, if you can handle the hangover, like I, 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 funny thing, because I take care of myself. I eat a lot of supplements, you know, I hydrate, workout. I don't really get a hangover. 
recently I poisoned myself with fucking McDonald's. Uh, I had two chicken wraps, whatever, sweet chili wraps, and um, and a double cheeseburger, and I was throwing up like a fucking cat for like like five times uh, for, uh, within yeah. a few hours. Um, and, and I had three bottles of beer, okay? And a day prior to that, um, I had seven bottles of beer, uh, and I had barely any hangover in the morning. Uh, just because I, you know, just because I try and take care of myself on a daily basis so I can kind of handle that. However, where I'm going with this is it never, ever um, got me feel the way, it never made me feel the way weed makes me feel, okay? The, like, literally, marijuana is my thing. Like, I've I've been smoking for 12 years now for 10 years i've been smoking pretty much every day um and i'm not talking about some crazy fucking cypress hill um you know be real uh kind of amounts uh nothing like that but but i but i've had my times when i used to smoke quite a lot like for example back in 2015 i i, I would smoke about an ounce a week um so, so 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 that was quite quite crazy well, that's pretty intense yeah yeah now now i'm <laughs> that's not an near expensive that. habit <laughs> it was it was fucking crazy at the time, dude. But but it was like you know I, I was 24 at the time, so I was like, who cares? You know, I'm I'm gonna make all the fucking money in the world. So so now all I'm making, I'm just gonna spend it, and um, and I was probably making a little bit too much for 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 a little shit that I was, um, because I just got like yeah, I was totally irresponsible. With it. But cut the long story short, you know, now I smoke very reasonable amounts. Um, and by that, I mean about quarter of what I used to smoke then, which is about a quarter a week, maybe, maybe a little bit over that. Um, but that's really moderate, you know, and, um, and it, no, no beer on the planet has ever made me feel that good. Okay. No fucking other substance on the planet ever made me feel the way weed makes me feel. And I am not a big fan of sobriety because of that. Like I am a big fan of sobriety when it comes to my role models, people that I, that I, that I get inspired by. Um, I'm a big fan that, you know, for example, Jacko is sober. Uh, and, you know, I'm a big fan of well, well, Henry I, I have an interesting point on this topic. Like if someone's taking insulin for their diabetes, are they sober? Mm. Now, what I mean is obviously sober is more so about your mental state, but... Mm. THC and, and weed, it doesn't operate on the dopamine receptors and everything. It's got its own cannabinoid system, and we've co-evolved with it. And uh, so, like, if you don't have enough vitamin C, mm -hmm. uh, and you take vitamin C every day, and you're going to feel like shit, and you're going to get withdrawals if you don't take your vitamin C, mm -hmm. like, are you a drug addict? Are you a dependent? Or are you just taking something you're you like and good addict. for yourself, right? So, so marijuana can kind of kind of be in the in that same vein a little bit where it's not it's not um it's not gonna rob you of your sobriety and the fact that it's keeping you from thinking anything or keeping you from facing anything or handling That's a very anything good take, yeah you know That's a very good it's take. um yeah so it's it's uh so i just see it as different like uh uh sobriety yeah i see i see weed as like one of the only recreational drugs that really, really, really is medicinal too. Really, really can. It, it's I, like I, taking I really your daily medicine. Recreational. I really don't think it's recreational. Like, put it this way: whoever does it for recreational purposes, uh, 
gets the medicinal effect that they perceive as recreational but it's like mm -hmm. the, you can get you can get sedated or you can get fucking high on all sorts of medicine right so it's like to me it, it's sort of like it's just a misinterpretation of what it really is because yeah. is, there is nothing fucking recreational if you in, in smoking uh, a few hits too many and getting freaked the fuck out and you know just because and i'm not <laughs> you, know, you know you start thinking about mortality or the universe Dude, that's or, funny i've never know, thought about like you know uh, you, let's go have some recreational activities right let's there's go have some fucking fun. recreational let's go do whatever there's nothing recreational about you're gonna be sitting there on the couch like what have i been doing all my life <laughs> you're gonna think about death you're gonna think about yeah. death a lot you're gonna think about yeah. fucking all the fuck ups in it. You're gonna think about all the embarrassment. You're gonna think about the fucking universe, the 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 asteroids and all that shit. You're gonna think about a lot of that. And and it's like and it's like who you know like like who you know who who would call that recreational? I would say recreational is going to to five guys getting a burger and then going to the fucking movies. All right. Uh, getting a fucking, you know, smoking weed uh, and not knowing how it's going to kick in is not recreational. I'm, I'm saying, like, I can do it for recreational purpose, like like I'm doing it now, but I'm more doing it for the purpose of, like, so so that I can set in the, the, the right mindset so that I can maybe go a little bit deeper in the topics, you know, than I would normally uh, mm. do. Because, because it, I certainly can notice in my case that weed just unlocks the door for me it's like or maybe like it it takes off the speed limiter you know it's yeah. like i i can normally go like up to 70 i smoke a joint and i can go up to 110 and and that's oh. that's more optimal speed because at that speed i can think faster i don't know mm -hmm. I, this, I, I can fucking try and justify it a hundred different ways and someone who never smoked or my mom or someone will always say, ah, you're full of shit and this is just your fucking excuse. This is just your justification so that you can continue doing this. <sighs> Whatever the fuck, you know, if, if that's how you feel, you know, if that's what you really think, if that's what you really think, because for the most part, it is not really what people think. It's just that what everybody fucking else says. So it's like, oh, so, so that must be the case. No, either smoke a fucking joint and prepare to get freaked out and then start thinking about things or or just you know keep that you know maintain that opinion whatever you want to do or maybe try and take an objective point of view and and maybe try and listen to someone who actually has been doing it for a while what do you think i'm trying to fucking hurt myself no i'm doing mm -hmm. this because it works it actually works yeah. it, it actually does fucking wonders you know of all the things in the world um i could cope without anything i don't have to drink red bull i don't have to i don't have to eat sugar i don't have to fucking eat crisps and i, I don't even like them too much anymore uh but you know like i can i can i can handle a lot of shit without weed but with weed is just so much more manageable so i, I really Better, don't yeah. see I, I really don't see any um arguments against it other than you can get it. You can pretty much uh, get carried away with it quite easily. You know, if if you're not a strong-minded person, if you're prone to, um, if you're vulnerable to to for whatever reason to you know to to substance abuse, then um, it's quite 
easy to abuse weed because it makes you feel so good and uh, and you build up tolerance if you do it all the fucking time. And, um, you know, it, it's easy to get carried away with it if you're not really strong-minded, okay? And, and, and most people aren't uh, because we live in the times where being weak is encouraged, where comfort is encouraged, you know, rather than yeah. rather than, than than striving and you know hustling, whatever, you know, trying trying yeah. to work hard. So it's interesting what you said about um, the way it makes you think differently. The uh, my so I just watched a few vid videos back in the day, but this is I have a metaphor for this that kind of works and uh, it speaks to your point. So basically, alcohol not keeps you from thinking deeply about anything it like mm -hmm. keeps you on the shallow layer and it numbs you to anything else and ideas can't add on top of each other that's why you have a guy who's oh, drunk yeah. who's saying the same thing an hour later because he just keeps being stuck on the same observation and point or whatever and that's so good. like if you imagine like uh underneath this ground layer is all your thoughts and your brain and everything you can do uh Alcohol puts a hard board in there so that you can jump and you can get into accidents and you can do whatever you want and you're never getting deeper below that. That's why it's good to numb you from thinking too deeply about certain things. Marijuana thins the ground there. So if you push down, it'll break down even further than it would otherwise. The, the ideas will all collapse and tie in together yes. much more yes. deeply. And so the way neurologically, it's literally you have layers of your neurological patterns and alcohol keeps it on the first layer and weed makes it so that it'll go deeper up the chain and mm -hmm. not go across the chain so much, uh, quite as, uh, quite as much. So it, it really does literally help you connect things in a different way, reflect in a different way. And then literally in a good way, think about the world differently, perceive the world differently. Um, now this is a side point and I wanted to get this just so that we don't miss it. Uh, I did a podcast with a guy who's an English teacher who um, who's out of Scotland, actually, funny enough. And um, his videos, I watched some of his videos, actually, and they were good for me. Like, I'm I'm I can speak English just fine, obviously. And his, um, name? his name's um, so his his uh, YouTube channel is called English with Ray. Um, sure. I'll send you the I'll just send you the link. But yeah, English with oh. Ray. His Instagram is talk with Ray. But um, for you and for any other friends you have that are, that are also from Poland or from wherever and are learning, it, it's a great resource. He's really a great teacher. And his, his way of approaching is like people focused. So when he brings up examples in his YouTube videos, it's his students that mess up on, a, on this and this, like words that are similar, not, not grammatically or with the English language structure or anything, but they sound similar and in different contexts, you say this or you say that phrase. He's really good at breaking down those moments where people have confusion and explaining the differences and when one is used and when the other is used. So I, I really English, like that. Even right. for me, I was learning stuff and I was like, oh, okay, dude, this is awesome. So just because you were talking about that earlier, and I know, I would just imagine you have friends as well as yourself that are always wanting to learn English and, and develop that that you skill. Know, so it's good for everyone to know a good resource on that. So I have friends here, you would not believe that they their native language is deteriorating as, you know, like literally I can see it deteriorating. Um, I have a friend from Poland who 
speaks like 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 literally every time i see him i feel like he's like his like his polish is getting a little worse and a little worse because he doesn't interact much with other people you know in 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 his native language but he just speaks english all the time and his english is getting better but at the same time it's about like you got to maintain the balance there right and uh but but with english it's like i could probably settle on where i'm at right now and be like okay i'm gonna i'm gonna be fine you know no point fucking doing nothing but you can obviously carry on a conversation just fine yeah but then on the other hand like there are a lot of things a lot of, a lot of times like at least uh, you know in the past three hours there were a lot of times where i wanted to put some sentence together and it took me a while to put it together and at the same at the end of the day i said it a little bit differently than i would like to say it if i had a little bit more time so this is what mm -hmm. i'm trying to work on at the moment you know so so there is really so in other words being uh, a little bit more concise a little bit more articulate you know a little bit more clear um that's 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 still a long long way to go so that's why i say you know don't uh, don't just settle on 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 you know whatever wherever you're at just because you feel like like you've accomplished something you've accomplished something good keep keep going because that's just you know that's just the start like how do you know how do you know this is where it's supposed to end like, like don't don't fucking don't be lazy and i'm telling you this as someone who comes from a lazy background like my background like like my environment when i was a kid i was around a lot of procrastinating people you know who didn't really want to who, who just settle for the fucking whatever the mediocre um whatever just just the easy results you know easy effort little effort little results uh but that's fine because you can get by um i was i was blessed uh blessed with many of my friends weren't very hard workers and i um i'm not organized and so mm -hmm. when it came to school i could do well on the test but i couldn't keep the homework and the scheduling and everything together very well Tell so um so i started telling myself i was lazy because I was disorganized and I didn't want to put in the extraordinary effort that it would have taken me at that time to mm -hmm. keep everything organized. Like it was just too much for me to do. So I'd rather say I'm lazy than say I'm kind of mentally inept. But, um, but, uh, but I mean, it's, uh, what was my original point? Lazy. And, oh, my mom, I was blessed, blessed that despite all that, my mom, um, when, when the shit hit the fan and she needed to take care of me and my younger brother, she worked 80, 90, 100 hour weeks, like flat out, just sleep and go, sleep and go. And when she slept, oh, it was shit, three dude. or four hours at a time. Like she That's... was just savage. So I, so, and she, her health, ultimately, she started having health issues and other kinds of issues uh, because of this and going so hard. But, um, I feel like I feel like that helped me help set an example of what could be done and and what full commitment to your family and to your life like looks like because she she didn't have personal time other than you know an hour of radio listening at two in the morning you know at the end of the day where she's like <sighs> falling asleep you know <laughs> halfway through listening to it so uh so it you know I outside of that I definitely had a lot of lazy influences around me my dad it's kind of kind of a kind of a lazy slash just emotionally unstable and and an addict also on top of that at that time so he 
my dad was dealing with a lot of issues, but definitely not an example of discipline or a hard worker, but I was blessed to have my mom in that role uh, wow, when I was a teenager. So that, that yeah. helped. Sounds like your mom is, is a fantastic person, you know, and, and, and sounds like an excellent. She really is. She's model. an exceptional human being. I'm, I'm very and, lucky. Uh, and, 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 you know, and, and, and you have to admire something like that. You have to respect something like that. And you have to learn from something like that, from someone like that, you know, from, from, from such, you know, effort and, you know, and, 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 and sacrifice because it is a sacrifice, you know, and, and it's selflessness because she obviously did it for you um and for herself you know for 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 her family and um you know i i had lots of issues with my mom um as a kid um and and, and it was a little bit different with her um you know she she likes to think that she always tried her hardest um although you you know it's, it, Depends on how you look at it, really. Um, depends on where yeah. you set the bar. Um, I've, I've heard similar things. Um, yeah, no, no, no. Mom is perfect. No dad is perfect. No, and I but think they always try hard. I think there's know? a danger. There's a danger when you get older that you settle into being you. I, I got into an argument yes. one time, and this guy literally just said, "I'm too old to change." And uh, head out of there is ass. there is something there. Like it shouldn't be that way, but yeah, there is something to people just kind of getting stuck in their ways and and like they'll say they did their best, but more so what they mean is I wasn't willing to do more. So I did what I you know, I did X amount or whatever. But when I think says I've done my best, that usually is the most bullshit excuse they could come up with, but is the most instant one. So it's just instantly available. And it's like the the perfect shameless fucking excuse, like, oh yeah, dude, you know, it's been like maybe maybe it's not up to your standard, but I've done my best. Or like, yeah, I know the situation's fucked up, but I've done my best, so I guess that counts for something, right? No, it doesn't fucking count for anything because the result matters. Okay, just like I don't care about your uh, personality really when it comes to getting the job done, I just care about whether or not you can deliver on it just as much exactly pretty much as much exactly pretty much as much sorry again i'm a little big um just as much as i don't care about your um personality and all that at work it applies to what you were just saying you know it it it, it, it is <sighs> sorry i'm having a little bit of a joe joe biden moment here at the moment <laughs> no you're good um, you're good but yeah it's difficult it's um look <laughs> it's difficult like people will say i did everything i could i did the best i could or whatever but yeah, the truth that's, is that's exactly what i was just saying most um, people i don't i don't like to say that because like when people say i i put when i heard as a kid you got to put 100 percent effort into something or like do did you do everything you could have i took that maybe a little too literally i'm like if I like, if I can figure out that there was this, and I, I don't mean like I'm this hard worker, but what I mean is like when I was thinking about it, if I'm not spending 100% of my free time and effort trying to in, engage with this thing and get better at it, I'm not really trying my best. So, so to say you're trying your best when you know you spent any amount of time on anything who else, you, it's like it's not, it's not a real statement. Who, who are you? Or you're lying. Yeah. First, in the first place, why are you lying to yourself? And I've done my best applies almost never. Like it applies in about maybe two or 3% of the cases, I think. 
And for the most part, it's just a bullshit excuse that people keep telling themselves and everyone around just to, you know, like, you, again, because it's it's an easy way out, okay, of, of whatever an uncomfortable fucking encounter with someone. So don't, rather than say, I, I've done my best, you know, I've, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, this one, it was fucking, yeah, I've done my best. Don't say, don't even, don't even try and waste your energy on trying to figure out how, uh, whether or not this is best and, and what best really even means. Because if you're trying to get there, go down that fucking rabbit hole with me, then, then we can try and work out how fucking embarrassing that statement is, you know, to say, oh, I've done my best and then I'm going to show you uh, that you really have done very little. Um, so so don't fucking say that. I You know, I say rather than doing that, try and focus on um, have I done enough to qualify this as a done job okay as a job done whatever uh have i done enough or or yeah like with the with the podcast like that's it like, i don't need to worry about it being the perfect podcast where i did everything i could have i'm just doing a good enough podcast i made sure i did my research got the whatever details and outline i needed ahead of time okay. and like yeah good enough is good enough perfect is impossible that's it. So don't, 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 and, 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 and at the same time makes the, I've done my best and, quite an obsolete yeah, statement. Because, yeah, you know, yeah, when when they say that, they're trying to avoid saying I was not good enough or I did not put in enough effort. They're saying, well, I did what I could. It's like, yeah, don't, it's don't like, say like, that. Don't almost say no one good. ever just does what they, like almost no one ever does everything they can to try to get something done. Most people will try one or two maybe three or four things and then they'll quit and then there's some people that like like uh bringing it full circle like a trump you know with uh fighting the results of the election and we can say whatever we want about the security issues and all that the whole different question but i believe what trump was doing wasn't trying to disrupt democracy or any of that crap he was literally just showing us with his actions chase every possible avenue for victory down like a dog with the taste of blood in its mouth. Like, if you think you have a point zero 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 five percent chance of victory, you go chase it down and make it happen. Now, Speaking of dogs, sorry. Yeah, now people... how, yeah, go on. I was just going to say about how he said about al-Baghdadi, that he died like a dog. Oh, um, died like a dog. Like a dog. That's funny yeah, stuff. Go on, go on. But no, no, I was just going to say, um, I was just going to say, and and to that point, imagine if more, imagine if first off that there was provable fraud that happened in the 2020 election that could have been seen if, if the Supreme Court or other courts had actually looked at it or whatever, right? Just imagine that that existed, right? Okay. Um, imagine if that 0.00005% chance of Trump succeeding worked. Afghanistan wouldn't have happened. Our economy would be even better, both yours, meaning the global economy and the United States economy. Um, North Korea would kind of, North Korea kind of isn't doing anything. They're just kind of there. So whatever. I don't care about North Korea. Iran, Iran would not be in as strong of a position. Now we're in a position where we're probably going to like prop up the Iranian regime. I think, so, yeah. So much dire. good, so many bad things Biden's done would have been avoided if more people had fought for that 0.0005% chance of victory, you know, but because it was hard because of emotions and, and what the, the, what the news media would say 
and anything else that might have been happening in the background with the FBI or whatever, you know, corrupt government stuff, it didn't happen. People wouldn't fight for, for the for the election result. But um, I think, in my opinion, like when I watched Trump at the end of four years, but really like by six months in, I was watching him to see what he could teach me because mm-hmm. I felt like he was teaching through experience. Like he was out there just trying to yeah, do he, stuff. He, yeah, and everyone else can see what does and doesn't work, what does and doesn't happen, and that'll sort out a lot of the like the BS. Because he comes from a place where you actually do the work rather than politicians. Politicians just they just fucking talk. They don't really work. Whatever they do never really uh shows any results when you really think about it, other than maybe some doing some damage because there are very rarely any policies that actually do people good. So what they do is rather damaging. So in nature, you know, so, so um, you don't really expect any good outcome, whoever you really vote for. It's always, it always goes to shit. Okay. It always goes to shit. Pretty much whoever, whichever party you, you vote for, you're, you're always screwed. And Trump was the hope of the people that someone from the outside, someone not from the fucking establishment of politics, but someone actually from, you know, from, from, from the outside that everyone knows, but someone who actually will try and do some good for the people that someone like that is, is taken over. And, uh, and he actually has done a lot, a lot of good stuff. And, and, uh, and I wanted to make a side note. I was talking with, to this guy with the, I was talking about this with another guy the other day. But basically, um, the Republicans, the right-wingers here in the United States, allowed Donald Trump in. So even though some of them are corrupt and establishment, there you go. they're open to change. And so um, moderates like me, I, I consider myself a moderate, independent, whatever, we're going to be rushing into the Republican Party to try to make it a, a real party for the people and a real, you know, a non-corrupt one. So now in the UK... You guys are kind of screwed. Your guys' conservative party oh, sucks. Fucked. We're completely and fucked. The, and you the know, Liberal we're... Workers Party is literally communist. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you. So, that, 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 like, I don't know. So who do you know? Who do you know in... So I wanted to ask you this. Who do you know in the UK that is good? That's a good politician or a no good one. voice? No, no one? what I'm saying. We're fu- Like, okay, look. Nigel Farage, okay? Uh, who everybody's fucking trolling. Everybody hates this guy. Um, for his policies. Look, I am pro-Brexit. I am, I am a foreigner. I've been, I, I've lived in this country for 10 years now, okay? I pay my taxes, whatever. Uh, I, I do whatever I gotta do, right? I, I, you know, I, I pay my bills, I do whatever I gotta do. But I am pro-Brexit because what is happening, this shit's getting out of fucking control. And the same is happening at the southern, born, southern sorry, border of the United States right now. Uh, an absolute fucking disaster, uh, Biden and his fucking border policy, um, which was just to dismantle Trump's very effective policy. Um, Brexit was pretty much the same thing. They were just like, listen, enough is enough. Enough, enough of this fucking so, I think I think my brothers might be watching this. I mentioned this the other day, but um, so what a lot of people don't know is that there was a major issue with refugees, specifically Syrian refugees, coming into the European Union and coming into the UK. And because of the PC stuff you're talking about, they would commit a lot of really 
jacked up crimes fucked up and shit, when, yeah. and no one would handle it so like there was in Rottingham in Rottingham England there was 1400 girls over two and a half years that were raped by uh Syrian refugees and it wasn't really investigated as much as it should have because they were afraid of because seeming like they were Islamophobic because of the fucking backlash they're always fucking scared of you know like oh how is this going to reflect on my fucking political yeah. career and this is the fucking so, problem that we're having so this is why trump was such a fucking such a solution like like honestly still people now say DeSantis. yeah i agree DeSantis is fantastic for the vice president but trump should get back into the office uh, but sorry, you you were saying about uh, fucking English um, clowns in the fucking government. Seriously, English government is a fucking circus. I can I, I swear to God, I could not think of one other person than Nigel Farage uh, that actually does the fucking job. And yeah, he's friends with Trump, and people will say, "Oh, this fucking asshole, this fucking conspiracy theorist. Who does he think he is? He's a you know, flat earther." I'm not a fucking flat earther. Get the fuck out of here with that. I'm just saying that if someone tries and speaks some and exercise some common sense these days, they are being. <laughs> that's it, I'm sorry. This is this is a side point, but I think this is hilarious. I'm at a point now where there's so much bullshit coming from the mainstream media that part of me is like, man, is what, the Earth flat? Yeah, like. No, like legit, like like to me, the thinking the Earth is flat is one of the most insane things ever. But I'm at a point where there's so much shit they've lied to me about and told me not to look at that I'm like, maybe. Dude, <laughs> like, and I'm like, and I'm like, I know it's insane, but they've pushed me to a point where I'm like, dude, like, like I'm I'm not saying I'm gonna become a flat earther. I'm just saying I've gotten to the point where before I was well, like, no, those you. guys are morons, yeah. and yeah. now I'm like. I mean, I should look into it. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Dude, I, like, think about it. I absolutely agree. <laughs> and, you know, and, and, and um, not so long ago, I got deep down into a rabbit hole of the International Space Station conspiracy theories, that it's an underwater whatever, and uh, or that it's like a fucking green screen whatever um where they record the um, and i saw a video of a frozen astronaut where the other two are floating and uh and i saw a fucking video and, 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 and all that shit and i saw the fucking bubbles like and i was like okay dude they're fucking underwater and they're they they're fucking us all you know over and all that and and fucking around with us and, and i was like and then i was like you know maybe maybe i'm going a little crazy with the sun so i totally closed all of the 120 tabs that i had open on safari i closed them all down i was like dude i'm fucking i'm done with this topic okay i'm done with this whole subject okay of the of, of the fucking international space station they're out there i'm sure they're out it's there. important it's really important for everyone to remember that when it comes to those kinds of conspiracy theories ask yourself if it's all true and I found proof or whatever, what does it do at the end of the day? Like, who does it help? Who, who right? would benefit like from it? Like the flat, from, like the flat yeah, earther thing, right? right? Whether exactly it's true or not or whatever. Whatever it is, whatever the truth, does it make a difference to anybody? No one, no one has a job now. Either way, no one is, no, no life flat has around. been saved. Right, yeah. like, like it doesn't really add up to anything. So, it's, and those conspiracy theories, not, that's it. That's, that's those conspiracy it. theories do the same thing that the fighting does, where it pulls us away from what we need to focus on. 
Because like, even if it's interesting and whatever, if it doesn't mean anything, at the end of the day, it, there's no policy or no substantive discussion to really have about it. It's interesting and I love hearing about it, but I'm not going to spend any time trying to look down that rabbit hole because, because again, I want to be productive and try to be, you know, exactly. creating something of value with my time for myself, even not now I'm doing podcasts and all that. But before that, just for myself, you know, don't waste your time on things that won't make a difference, you know, unless you enjoy 100%. it, unless you really enjoy it. 100%. But look, either way, dude, either way. Um just just try and do something that, that that that's meaningful really whether it's meaningful to you or someone else uh do something that actually uh, makes by the end of the day makes you fucking tired and makes you feel good okay because that's it because because uh, that's i i am a big I, like I, I i don't sleep a lot um i sleep four five six hours a uh, night tops um but I am a big fan of, of going to sleep when you're fucking exhausted, you know, and it's a lot easier to go to sleep when you're exhausted, when you've been active throughout your day. And I'm not just saying doing, you know, physical exercise. No, no, you can be active with your brain and you mm -hmm. can burn just as many calories, I believe, you know, and or, or at least half as many. You and, definitely uh, burn calories thinking like that, like you're 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 using energy. Anyway, so yeah, really for sure. Good. It's actually a really, really pleasant feeling to 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 think and to to actually see some you know uh, something coming to fruition out of those thoughts. You know, it's yeah. it's a it's a, it's a really and if you really can if you can think enough to the point where you get tired of thinking, like your mental muscle is is tired, that's, that's a good feeling. That's a cool feeling when you're like, oh, I used it, I used that's it, like the. Like you do curls and stuff, and then this is tired or whatever, right? That's then it. you're like, oh, dang, I, I used it. Yeah. That's it's right. Cool. And, cool and, and yeah, and that's, you know, that's how I see it. So, so yeah, I think, look, I, I think, I think I've, I've exhausted whatever uh, the brain cells I had um, for now. But I'm, but I'm more than happy to do it whenever you want to do it again, um, if you yeah, want man. to do it again. Yeah, um, I think we did it good because we covered so much of the ground for what's going on in the world right now, I think two or three months from now, we'll have enough to talk about for another one. Cause we went, you know, three, four hours. We, we, we did a pretty good long one. So, uh, but yeah, dude, this has been awesome. I really enjoyed having you on. Thank I'm glad you, you, you know, you came on and I hope you understand you contributed to this conversation too. It's I've really enjoyed it. You know, yeah, I don't want I really you to appreciate it. I, but I, I'm really I know sometimes people seriously. downsell themselves. So I want you to not do that. <laughs> No, I, I look. I never. I would never do that. But but seriously, dude. I I, I again. I am humbled because um, I really appreciate it. Um, you um, you know, you, you reached out to me. You said if you asked me if I want to be on your podcast, and I said yeah, sure, absolutely. Um, so um, if you don't mind, I'm gonna share it on my podcast as well. Um, uh, obviously, I'm gonna say that this is uncommon conversation. So so uh, for people where to go. Um, but I'm gonna but I'm gonna leave a copy anyway. Uh, and uh, and and yeah, thanks again, dude. Seriously, I, like I said, I I I always like to have a conversation, but especially when it's with someone uh, that I can learn something from. Um, and and from you, I have definitely learned something today. So again, dude, I appreciate it. Thanks. That's cool. Thank you. All right, have a good one. Peace. All right, take it easy. Good night, people. Alrighty.
working well. Um, does anyone have any questions for me right now? The comments are back open, or they are open once again. Back open, I guess, whatever. Um, and so I'll hang out here for about another 30 seconds to a minute. Anyone who has questions, go ahead and ask them. And uh, maybe I should go longer because I think there's a, de there's a delay here. But anyways, yeah, I'll hang out long enough for any questions, if anyone has any, and we'll go from there. Do, 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 do. All right, that's it. Peace, people.